Bam, wham jam, number 15. Doing it again. This time, plot twist, we're talking about plot twists. It's not really a plot twist, but you know, considering the way the plot twists normally go, that kind of is the definition of one of the issues with plot twists, isn't it? Like, wow, what a twist. And it's like, that wasn't a twist at all. Oh, but before we get into that, we got a bunch of new stuff. Look, we're bouncing around. Got a new background. Got a bunch of new screens. Roz did all that good work. Also, if you didn't know, we have a Twitter. It's Wham Live. It's the same as the Twitch channel. Twitch and Twitter are the same. YouTube is Wham. Website is Wham.blog. All the stuff is in the description below. Yeah. Well, or in the About section on YouTube. Also, I know that you guys can't see it on YouTube, but there's a bunch of new little things down at the bottom for Twitch for our rules and such. Once again, done by the great Roz. Put in all that hard work. You know what? He put in so much hard work that we're just gonna, we're gonna do a thing because he also made some other screens. Don't say them so. Why not? I could just, like, look, I can go bam. Look, they're all right there. Look at these things. They, they match our little screen that we're on. Also, look, we're down there, too. Also, I know I've talked about it before, but we do do Wham Jams every Friday now. It was every Thursday, but now it's every Friday. Uh, there will also be gaming streams on Sundays from now until I am going to force myself to make it a regular thing and tear myself away from my writing because normally the only reason why it wasn't happening more regularly is because, well, I felt like I hadn't done enough writing despite spending the entirety of Saturday doing so. Have you tried live streaming your writing? I have no idea how I would do that because I don't want to show the actual writing part. Uh, you, can you can do, do the just adding section. You can do the fan fiction. I could, but I'm not currently working on that one. Well, show people, you know, your writing process, the thoughts about it. Blah blah blah. I'll consider blah, blah, it. Blah blah blah. You know, we'll we'll. We'll look into it. But, if you want to know what we're working on, we also, now on the Twitter, are posting the things that we're working on every Monday, so you can see all of the list of things. Especially if you're reading something, like PK Slayer, or The Rookie's Guide to Bounty Hunting, which is on our fanfic page. Which is Whamfix. There's an extra F there. Whamfix. For fanfix. Anyway... We're talking about plot twists, and the plot twist of this episode was I got entirely distracted talking about other things. But there's a lot. That is actually just the regular plot. Listen, we are a <laughs> professional streaming organization? Group? Yes, yes professional is Laura like Bailey. professional streaming organizations. Listen, Laura <laughs> Bailey makes probably millions a year. She doesn't have to be professional. I hope she Laura does. Laura Bailey, if you're out there, please tell me you're these people are paying you millions and if not call me and I also mean... on the same note tell us that the last of us two oh. people have stopped bothering you because that was stupid i mean we'll see uh, uh, <laughs> anyway. look, if, look if they bother her all they gotta do is go watch fruit's basket and they'll apologize same voice there i don't know if people on the internet apologize anymore 
Not if they're unless they're throwing money. Now, uh, as a because I'm ignorant, and may or may not have done my homework. What exactly is a plot twist? So, a plot twist. I'm not going to give you the definition. Most people understand what a plot twist is. Essentially, what it is is there is something within a story that has been buried, hidden, not talked about, that has a major impact on the story that comes up later on. For example, the easiest example that hopefully no one was planning on using as their example for the actual stream is the fact that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. It's the easiest example of what a plot twist is. But there are many, 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 many other ones, such as a different very easy example is the sixth sense. The fact that that kid is like, I see dead people, but oh my god, our main character is already dead. Spoilers. Ah, I see I'm that. not saying spoilers for <laughs> the sixth Bro, sense. Isn't the sixth sense like a 20 year old movie? I, here, I'll look it up real quick. It might be older. It, it's definitely not. It was definitely made in 2000. I think it's old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I Sixth Sense was released August 6th, 1999. Yep. It is just old enough to drink. It is slightly older than my younger sister. Like three, like two years over the age to get alcohol. Enough drinks, you will also see dead people. Now. Uh, I, I get the impression then that what makes a plot twist, especially in a more intuitive sense, is any particular part of a, a story, when it comes up, provides that very uh, iconic sound cue. Dun, dun, dun! Kind of, yeah. It, it it doesn't have to be like entirely that. It's something that a lot of times what you want to do is you want to invoke this feeling of, wait. <laughs> Just I was just like, wait, hold on. It is that true? And a lot of times, what you're trying to go for is if it's a book, for example, you want the plot twist to have a moment where the person pauses, starts going back through the pages. Like, if that did they? Oh fuck, they did say that, didn't they? Or if it's a movie, like people sitting there trying to math it out and see if that really is what happened. Or given that rewatch. Now, the to get into some of the pitfalls, just with it as a storytelling device, it can evoke that emotion of I want to reread this to see if I can spot more of the signs. But it can also have the effect if it's not a good plot twist. <laughs> Of basically causing the person to be like, I never have to watch this again because I know what's going to happen. Or better yet, that doesn't make fucking sense. Now, when it comes to it doesn't make fucking sense, I would say honestly that that falls into the camp of, well, some people might call this still, hey, that's a plot twist. You're just splitting hairs here. I'm going to split these fucking hairs. The idea of the subversion of expectations. I think there is a difference between attempting to do a plot twist and a subversion. For example, I would not call the moment where in The Last Jedi, when Snoke dies, I wouldn't call that a plot twist. I would call that yeah. them attempting to uh, subvert expectations for what was expected. Yes. 
Which... Yeah, but I mean, like, for plot twists, there are those people who do plot twists where it's like, they've already guessed, it's like for, like, a long-running TV show, oh, the audience has already guessed so-and-so did it, damn, they're right, now this person did it. Haha, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Um, that is also another thing that comes up a lot, and that, once again, kind of falls under that subversion idea. Just the, it, it's, it's something that's baffling to me. As, I know, writer, not author. So maybe with time, this opinion changes. But the idea that someone would read my wow. work and be like, oh, this is the thing. And if that is the thing for me to be like, oh, no, they know. I can't let them have this. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to say it's half the fun, but sometimes part of the fun of watching certain movies is sitting there trying to figure it out before you're told what it is. Like, have any of us ever gone into, like, a mystery movie and not sat there and try to put the pieces into place before the movie tells us? All the time. It, I can't even go into Black Panther without predicting what's going to happen next. Yeah, that that's something that some people find fun. I find that extremely fun, though I have been told that sitting there and trying to figure out exactly what's happening is more of a creative thing to do and that I should just turn off my brain and stop trying to figure out. I want to, though. I'm having fun. Let me have my fun. Oh, for me, I just can't. I would love to go back to the days of me not predicting the next moment in a fun little stupid movie and instead having my writer's brain turn everything into a work in progress. How this is going to happen? Who's going to happen next? Why is this person about to die? That person's way too far onto the left of the screen. They're about to die. Oh shit, they did. Yep. I was like, damn. Oh shit. I can't watch did. movies. It's, it's to the point where I kind of stopped going to movie theaters because of this issue. Hmm. See, I'm not gonna. The way my brain just tried to form that was I don't have that issue. I just. As I said, it's a way that I enjoy <laughs> yeah. movies. And the difference is, you don't see it as an issue. And some people would say that's the problem. But you know what? what? I that is. I know who I am. Yeah, I don't see it as a problem. I just can't see media the same way anymore. That is honestly how uh, the risk that any. No one's going to respond to the same people. All of our different people we're looking for, our thresholds of enjoyment, you can differ from. I get an immense satisfaction out of watching some Looney Tunes antics, and that another person in this universe could be like, no, nah, that wasn't very really entertaining. Neither of our experiences are diminished because of it, but it is the reality that we do it. All of this, our experiences with these things. This is also why some plot twists probably don't work as well. Some people, they are not uh, particularly invested in how the, uh, how the plot was going to happen. They're just along for the ride and very much uh, meant for an analogy. Uh, let me see if I can work on that while I keep talking. The metaphor and analogy I think I want to use is 
a roller coaster. Uh, some people <laughs> have uh, great emotional, great emotional rides as they go through the ups and downs of the roller coaster, and others are like, "Yeah, I knew this was coming. I'm more prepared for it. experiences shaped different from that from that uh, mindset alone." Yes. Uh, there's some. Um... I ain't gonna lie, it kind of also reminds me I don't go on roller coasters anymore. I I don't have that. Or I, frankly, as a child growing up, never had that fear on roller coasters. And just one day, I just actively sat there, just bored as we were rushing like 60 miles down a hill, just like. My sister's just sitting next to me, screaming her lungs out, and I'm just... I like roller coasters when I can sit in the front. Because then I know oh, what's gonna front. happen. No, that's not why I like to sit in the front. I don't know why I like to sit in the front, but I find it immensely more entertaining <laughs> to sit at the front of the roller coaster. But that's not really what we're here for. Roz, do you have any opening thoughts about plot twists? Yes. Uh, it's nothing I could add. It's better than anything you guys say. Hey, it's not about being better. It's about having when fun. When you hear about your experience. Especially uh, with I know, the, the, the I concept of fun. generally like plot twists, especially when they can flip an entire story on its head to the point where it can, where it takes a story that you hated and turned it into like this fascinating puzzle that you're putting together and then you actually love it it happened to me a few times but i can count on one hand that's happened uh and that's actually gonna be what i talk about during my part but uh i feel like just like the versions plot twists are too overdone and lazy they just kind of been doing it just to do it just to get the quote-unquote factor and I don't like it in general I like the idea of plot twist but in practice I don't like it mm -hmm. and people I, are just too lazy and I do think that is the issue people very much want to get that <gasps> no moment from a plot twist but they don't want to put in the effort to actually build up to that plot twist like I do I have any? I can't think of any major twists that I have for PK Slayer or for The Rookie's Guide to Bounty Hunting. But in the book I'm writing, I have a couple of plot twists. One of which I plan to build for six books. It is set up in the first book, and I don't acknowledge it for a couple of them. Except for very minor ways where... I am trying to lace in little hints that it might be there until it is finally revealed in a later book. Mm. And that is one of the key factors to doing these plot twists is that you need to give it time to breathe. <laughs> if you're going to do a ama amazing reveal that, you know, something major is going on with X characters thing. You can't introduce it in chapter 17 and then in chapter 18 be like, look, it was this all along. 
Like well, the, the idea of Darth Vader being and uh Luke's father while it was a uh, technically uh decided between the films you can draw the line for where they set it up to a new hope in that section where he is talking about what happened to my dad tell me about my dad and Obi-Wan is being kind of cagey about it and then when they go to the Death Star and Obi-Wan and Darth Vader have their interaction they very clearly know each other and he's only referring to Darth Vader as Darth like he's not calling him by Vader or any other name so it's like they know each other which means that he's got to know him more than just the obviously fake name of Darth Vader. Nobody's parents are like, this kid's name... Well, actually, that I, might be a lie. In the modern day, some people might have actually named their kid first name Darth, middle name Vader. Or just Darth and whatever family name. It actually would be kind Darth of... Darth Vader. <laughs> it would actually be kind of macabre for that. That's Darth that's Jones. <laughs> That's entering, that's entering the realm of a Star Wars fanfiction story that's kind of like intentionally satirical and comedic, and I like it. I would uh, bet if I scrolled through fanfic for long enough, I would find a Darth very obviously someone's last name. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But getting back to the point, it, it has more of a buildup within uh, Revenge of the Sith. But, surprisingly, uh, I don't actually plan to talk that much about it. I'm just saying, like, you need to give it that time, that setup, and allow it to almost reveal itself as naturally as possible. You cannot shoehorn in a plot twist. And that's the way that you get that rewatch value, is you have it set up, you build it, you have it hinted at throughout the story, without overtly being like, this is the thing. Because if you... The other example that I gave earlier, The Sixth Sense. That movie has incredible second rewatch value because now you know the character has been dead the entire time. Like, you can look back and see like, oh my god, nobody was actually interacting with him. And another one uh, that is a relatively good example i didn't find it that compelling but i i know certain people that did uh mr robot uh i will say spoiler alert for mr robot because that one is newer so if you haven't seen it and you plan to cover your ears for the next we'll say 45 seconds uh the main character elliot is mr robot he's do he's pulling a fight club and literally guessed it immediately when I, I heard the show. I guessed it the second I started watching it because there were a couple of scenes that, like, very clearly character... <laughs> there was a scene where a character opened a door and both Mr. Robot and Elliot were standing on the outside of the door and the character only looked at Elliot and he never even looked at Mr. Robot and that happened oh. in the next scene as well. And it was just really obvious what they were going for with the way they were talking to each other, but everyone else was kind of looking at them weirdly. But they did allow it to breathe, and they set it up in a way that kind of allows you to have that rewatch value if you didn't see it coming. Which, Thomas, correct me if I'm wrong... Did you not realize it until I started to point that stuff out? What? Oh, 
Mr. Robot, uh, the Mr. Robot switch grabbing on? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. I didn't. I don't know what you know. I know. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's enough of a building. Do you guys sure. have anything else you want to say before we get into the categories? I'm good. Um, uh, one thing. Uh, plot there's twist. also a difference between a bad plot twist and one you just don't like. Yeah, that's yeah, I could say that's true for a lot of things, so I will agree. More than that, I, I got no More. particular examples of a plot twist that I didn't like. I got a few. I have but... a number of examples of plot twists that I don't like, but I have one I will focus on when it comes time for it. So, who would like to volunteer to go first? And should we flip a coin for if we're doing goods or bads first? Flip the coin. Alright. Uh, I'm going to mute myself to flip the coin with Google, because I don't have an actual coin. We'll say heads is good, tails is bad. I mean, I always pick beds anyway. It's heads. What did I say heads was? Bed. I hate yeah, what, a, what a plot twist. Right, this isn't you, a plot twist. You doing something to throw me off is literally derail. the most on-brand thing possible. Kaiser, Kaiser, immediate derail. Congratulations. You have now encountered the two men guarding the doors. Fuck you. It is we're going with good first. Who wants to talk about their good first? There you go. <laughs> If I'm you don't, afraid. they have no one volunteers, I, I will fucking pick one out of a hat. No, 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 I think I'm good to talk about mine. Um, it requires a little bit of setup, but that's fine. I'm also looking As is how a plot twist should be. We're already off to a good start. Now, uh, the three of you, and hopefully many, <clears throat> many people watching and uh, looking at the fun, are familiar with the anime attack. Spoilers da, 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 da. not just an important moment of the show, but something that recontextualizes the entire manga series. This is not even an anime. I am warning you this once, only now. Three, two, one. So! You really uh, need a spoiler art that we can switch to a spoiler screen. Isayama, the mangaka behind Attack on Titan, had did a great job at creating a series with such a striking start. Gigantic, naked people are eating the small little people inside circular wall. What on earth is going on? You spend a good amount not only trying to be uh, being passively curious about that world-building factoid, but hopefully more invested in the livelihoods of our main three characters and Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin, as they as just children try to survive this war-torn world filled with giant naked people. Sometimes Santa Claus. Uh, that was a particular one in episode five that ate the shit out of Aaron. He's alive though, he's fine. Uh plot twist number Spoiler one. alert. <laughs> <laughs> as you go throughout the series, you start to learn a lot of things about the nature of Titans, how their powers work, and 
just how much influence they have on the world that all of the human characters live in. One of the one of the plot twists is oh my god, titans are in the walls. It's not it's bad enough that people are able to actually turn into these gigantic um, albeit with uh, even with more sentience than somewhat the mindless used to up until this point, but now they're just literally in the walls, alive, because they also move their eyeballs in reaction to sunlight and shit. You, <laughs> you deal with these facts as you get into all of the socio-political climates that goes on within all three sections of these walls of the political turmoil involving the king of this land. What their whole beef is eventually learn that obviously there's a whole big ass world out there but um more importantly than that there is an entire thriving world out there and we're the ones in destitution constant fear of these giant roving creatures that seem to be nowhere else in the world come to find out later why as the power originated and subsequently turned against us uh, by various important characters in the past. This, uh, these revelations, as they come to us as about as fast as the characters themselves realize it, keeps us constantly on our toes for what the end goal of this entire series should be. At first, uh, just even before the Titans and the Wall plot twist, a very normal plot progression for a story like this would be here is our gigantic and watch as our characters rally under a banner and with amount of, with some amount of national pride take up their arms and defeat the monster it would have been a very simple story possibly still very entertaining but simple which is an important thing i'm highlighting here as we get more and more developments into what is going on how it and how it has all come to be, we start to get this feeling of what exactly, exactly is there left? This can't possibly be. There can't, can't possibly be any twists to these uh, to actions and ongoings. Then we come to our main character, Aaron Yeager. We spend the majority of this entire show and manga series focused on his POV, um, a lot of his experiences, obviously not always. And one very important thing uh, to really help sell the idea these twists just keep coming and as a level of ability is understanding Aaron's mind. At first, he was super duper angry at Titans because they killed his mom. I'd be angry too. But then when he realized that Titans were no more than, spoiler, unwilling transformed humans. Sure, he's not necessarily sympathetic, but he also knows that they're they're not in control of their actions. He does find people who are in control of their actions, namely other sentient people, uh, other sentient Titans that are actually just people piloting gigantic robot mechs, essentially. Uh, at first, he makes the decision then, well, I just got to kill them. Obviously, then all of the pain will stop and we'll all be free. Then he learns that those people are you know, not rogue agents trying to take over the world or anything. But they themselves are just soldiers of one of the many thriving 
civilizations in the rest of the world. The one in particular is called Marley, uh, that is closest to them and has a historical beef in the series. Then that's when Aaron's thoughts transform into, well, if I just defeat, not defeat, sorry, that's the word. If I just kill all of them, and we'll be free? The plot twist is not that Aaron's a villain. Although that is a very good thing to, to keep in mind. <laughs> he, he does very villainous things. It's that the one of the final twists of this entire series is that near the end, Aaron's actions has escalated. His constant, seemingly um, jihad-style push against the rest of the world in the protection of the ideal in people, the people that the, the ain't get into all circular faults. It seems that he is just doing this great global conquest uh, for his actively stated goal of freeing his people uh, from the oppressive lives that he grew up in. Characters. Unfortunately, he will be stopped by his two other best friends, Matasa and Arnaghan, for his experience. He has have come to realize that global genocide is not the way to resolve the very intricate issues. Prejudice, racism, uh, not just regular prejudice. It's only until after that Armin in particular first real conversation many many chapter episodes to come where he reveals that not only uh that he knew he knew that all of this was going in order to make this make sense i want to talk about his titan ability the the whole premise of this show is that not only are people able to turn uh, pilot giant meat mechs there are nine people in particular that have very special meat mechs, known as the Nine Titans. One of them being the most powerful of them, the founder, uh, is the origin, the, the first Titan where all of the other eight got their the birth from and specialities of from. Aaron in particular was blessed with, I say blessed, was given the attack Titan. One common thing of what makes these nine uh, nine titans particularly special towards all of the others is that the nine titans have an ability to retain the memories of previous wielders of the power, usually through the bodily consumption of the previous wielder. That's how you get the powers in the first place. It is a very, very gore-filled show. I do recommend. I do recommend. Uh, Keeping that in mind, even though the first episode already took show this in. Aaron got his powers uh, through means that he didn't understand at the time. He apparently lost memories on it. His father was the previous gave the powers to him by ways I'm sure you could imagine based on everything so far. But almost no one knew is that sure the 
the people from the, the people who wield the Titan powers can reach back into the memories of previous wielders. The attack Titan has the ability to reach forward and receive the memories of as well. Not as omnipotent as Aaron specifically utilizing this power manipulated the timeline to ensure that his father brutally slaughters the previous owners of the attack of the founding Titan power, attack Titan power, so that when he comes to raise his son, his son Aaron, only a boy, the future version of him ensures that he sacrifices his life to his son in order to ensure that he gets powers. Now, why would Aaron do this and many other things? He has been orchestrating Aaron, adult Aaron, has been orchestrating the events of the entire series from the very moment the Titan, well, actually the, the even before that, uh, has orchestrated all of the events of the entire series. To get to this point, he would be defeated by his best friends, notably Mikasa, for other reasons. Publicly, amongst the wider world, so that people of uh, so that the Eldian people can be seen as being lifted from this curse of Titan abilities, the core component of why they were oppressed and ostracized by the outside. This does not, and I, you know, I'll stress this very, very hard. This revelation does not change the fact that if in any other circumstance, Aaron would have committed global gym with a almost horrifyingly more efficient way than anything we've ever seen in our world. But given that this was all his intentions, this paints every interaction that he has, not just with the people he was and legitimately should be at odds with, but also the people he was um, considered his allies, friends, or even just universe. Uh, during this conversation with Arnon, he talks about one just really random instance of a child who was supposed to die much earlier in the story. This child has no bearing on the story. It is, by even our perspective, an actual random citizen of the world. And Aaron did not want the child to die. But knowing that he had to orchestrate these events a certain way, he at least let the child live a few days after uh a few days after he was originally supposed to die just out of the kindness of his heart the absolutely abusive and mean things that he says to his friends notably mikasa the at this time of this conversation love of his life he knew that the only way to neatly wrap up all of the things weighing down people that he loves in his life the countrymen and his friends was to ensure that Akasa learned to make a decision for her own life, even at the cost being against the person that she loves, as she spent the entire story being madly and almost crippled, crippledly alive. Gross. Yeah, <laughs> Love is gross, especially when you end up loving a gigantic skeleton man who can wield a bunch of meat mechs the size of 
at the time, I don't even think skyscrapers existed, according to the time mm. period the show takes place. It's like the 1900s. No, it's the but, 1800s. Now, let's all well, disagree that Mikasa is the Yonder, right? I don't know. I haven't ah, watched the show. She is. Listen, she is. However, I am willing to give her the you pass pass. You cool. You cool. <laughs> I don't know if you should. I have. Listen, I'm the one who read this. I know this <laughs> Mikasa. If I'm able to stare in the face of a Yandere, <laughs> and that's it. See, Mikasa was the Yandere. Aaron was. They both were. They have two of them in one spot. That's not okay. That sounds like yes. emotional damage. But more Mikasa. Yes. <laughs> to to properly conclude this, the plot twist to reiterate is that Aaron has planned the entire scene. Has oh. had a hand thanks to Titan's abilities to influence characters for events to ensure that he becomes uh, <laughs> hilariously this is a more robust and effective version of whatever Lelouch from Kogios was trying to do become a uh, become the embodiment of the Eldian people's curse and uh, negative yeah. perception of the world have it subsequently defeated by his people Showing the world that they are not the that are the they are not the should be treated with such disregard and inhumanity, allowing his people, allowing his friends and his loved ones to be free, which is the only thing he's ever wanted. Uh, outside of getting back on the person who killed his mom, but he did that way long ago. So freedom is the true goal that that drove Aaron's character, the majority of. Took a really murderous route to get there. You did. All this Sometimes just so Thomas could say. All this just so Thomas could say, and it bought me the greatest meme I've ever found. <laughs> I know exactly what meme. Is that the one where his fucking face is pressed against his dad's? That's right. That's right. Do it. He's been doing it in Kill every them. show. He was the one behind eyes. <laughs> You just gonna I, talk shit to oh, you like as something? a random side note on related to this, I actually was um really hoping to get you to watch and attack on Titan. Or even just tell you about it, Kaiser, as uh we had a conversation before about the hours of precognition, which is not exactly what Aaron um does, but a uh level of manipulating events yet to come and events that have already happened in this case would have been a fascinating. I do have a lot of opinions on the subject of clairvoyance and the ability to see the future. It is a very difficult ability to construct a plot around that actually works. And yeah. I'm just going to be except honest, most people fail. Yeah. Except for, you know, Aaron influencing the past is crazy. Yeah. yeah, that is also weird. But, you know, you could you could work around that by saying that it's already happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, because th that makes a lot more sense than I have been like the words adult Aaron has been orchestrating this the entire time from the future <laughs> like that kind of throws yeah. me through a loop but I'll be honest I watched 
I think the entire first season of Attack on Titan. Yeah. I can't remember if it was the entire first season. But I came in, and I'm pretty sure I've told you guys the story. I just don't know if I've said it on a recording yet. Yep. My first episode of Attack on Titan was, I think, episode four. Which, for those of you who don't remember, uh, it was either three or four. The episode where the Titans attack the city right after they all got trained, that was my first episode. And I gotta tell you, when they did their whole hero speech, they're like, yeah, we're gonna save the city. We trained for this. It's gonna be fine if we stick together. And then they go out and they're doing their like whole cool 3D movement bullshit. Whatever the fuck they called it. You, whatever. 3D maneuvering gear. Oh, fucking. And you... Yeah, I don't care. Um, they already had 3D, but whatever. Um, not the point. It when they were doing, they had their like really their cool guy moment and gal moment where they're just moving around, just like yeah, yeah, we've got this. And then one of the titans just jumps up and eats one of them, like as they're yeah. having this cool, cool yeah. person moment. Yeah. And yeah. it's just everyone yeah. is just like, oh fuck. And then half of them die fucking yep. what's his bucket armin gets put in the mouth of a titan Aaron leaps into the mouth throws the guy throws armin out and goes i'm not gonna die here and then it eats him lunch his <laughs> arm gets caught up i laughed so hard at all of that that when that bite happened i completely lost it and i fell out of the chair i was sitting in <laughs> Like, I, I could not contain I, myself. I think Aaron got his leg cut off, and that was the first incident before everyone started dying. He was just swinging by, and one Titan between two buildings just... Oh, yeah, oh. Just jumped up. And then leg. he crashed so hard. I remember that all of my college... I was sitting in the fishbowl, which is basically this common area uh, where everyone sat at my dorms. And I remember they all, like, had visual like they visually all reacted and like i think a few of them even gasped when that started happening which just made it even funnier to me because i'm sitting there like i have no context for who any of these people are i'm just watching random people die after having a fucking the big hero speech moment and it was just funny to me and then i was like well that guy's dead and someone went that's the main character I'm like wow ballsy and then you know, the next episode, like, he wasn't dead at all. I was like, oh, I take away my ballsy comment. There were no balls at all. But it turns out, this was all his plan. All in all. Voting for King. I... I now want to make a meme of that one <laughs> picture of... And I'm... I feel like I'm saying his name wrong, but I can swear I've heard his name sound like that. Kiki, with the lady who played Hela in yes. Thor Ta-ta. The Dark World. Yeah. Uh, I, the picture of them standing next to each other the meme. I want to now make a meme of the <laughs> the director explaining the script as Aaron and Hella is Oh, so it should just be Hell, even though I'm pretty sure in the movie it's Hella. Um It's Hella because that's her name in the comic books. Their name should be Hell, not the point. Um but she's standing there, uh like looking at it, that's the Titan that ate Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, the titan that has to bite his leg off and then eat him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so given that that's the biggest one, of 
course, many, many other examples the narrative twist that I believe are also all great. They, they do take the story of what we are experiencing completely different field. And of course, uh, for one of the particular the idea that the world was not a barren wasteland and only the remnants of humanity existed in, uh, inside of the walls, which was a very common rhetoric used among the populace because that's all that all of the world they ever knew. They, outside of the walls were filled with uh, naked people, animals. All right. So much they I truly know. Even that revelation uh, had hints that there was not only outside civilizations, but even further advanced. The existence of coffee did not exist within the walls. And so when Armin, for one day, uh, in season two of this, Armin comes across uh, someone's camp and identifies this strange black brown substance, this liquid, doesn't exactly know what it is because he's never experienced coffee before. That is a very uh, modern invention given the time period the show was set in. Now, real quick, I am actually going to push back on that one. I think that's as a as plot twists go, you cannot have a more played out plot twist at this point than the whole ah oh, humanity only exists in this one place and nowhere else except for it does plot twist you were wrong the entire time haha <laughs> they're everywhere these people were all an experiment or they were a bunch of people who were weird and so they got locked up like fucking Australia or yeah. fucking. I love Brandon Sanderson, but his whole humanity were warfaring people, and so they all got locked out on this one planet, and <laughs> the rest of the, the fucking ships that keep coming down are automated, that keep attacking them, and there's a bunch of... They're basically in space jail, but it's an entire planet. I found that incredibly <laughs> stupid. Pretty <laughs> much the same thing. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it happens so fucking divergent. Did it? <laughs> yeah. When it I is point, hard to get rid of you, man. when so it is. my thing is, if I can point at one of the young adult novels that came out after Hunger Games within the Hunger Game craze, and I say those people did it, maybe don't use that trope because it's probably been done about eighty-seven times. And so, while I like most of the things that I've heard from Attack on Titan. The whole idea is like, ah, they were never the only humans the entire time. Ha ha. Uh, I don't know exactly what that other group is. There may be some things that forgive it. Like, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would forgive it. Um, but well, the uh, Attack on Titan, if you'll allow me to divulge into this, their, uh, uh, their setup was this: these people, the people with inside the vault. Both knowingly from the upper echelons of the government and unknowingly to the general populace for over a hundred years have been oppressed by the outside nation of Harley. Very intentional thing according to their history is now that, uh, is that war and conquest happened long before. The Marlins were the ones that were originally depressed. They uh, oppressed, found the ability to fight back. Since then has also turned the magical titan power that our main characters race with 
do against themselves by turning them into mindless beasts and taking control of very key parts of those nine titans up before. Over the last hundred years has been an active campaign to not only keep them sequestered on this island uh, with no way of ever having the seafaring technology and also the ability to make it past the giant cannibals to see the outside world, let alone the ocean, which is a thing that Armin personally wanted to do with his life as a child inside of these walls. And then also made active plots, much like what you see in the early episodes of the anime, to destroy the civilization outright. They send in sleeper agents, uh, child soldiers who are going to enroll in the scout regiment um, and other in other parts of the local government with their titan powers and fuck shit up both in and outside of the walls. Uh, the idea that they were... Uh, this even permeates the, the government where the highest officials are in on it. Well, they're also potentially protected and everything down and have been feeding the lie that we are the only part of humanity inside of these gigantic had to give freak uh the colossal titan i believe i believe isayama's uh showed us a diagram with a colossal titan auto for all of the titans that constitute the walls themselves are like 200 feet high something around that something around that. Uh, humanity has just been you know spoon-fed the narrative that they are the only friend left away from the giant naked cannibals out there. No one's going to question it because we have to spend the rest of our days trying to live farming and shit. You know, I'll be honest, nothing you've said has made it better for me. Um, I feel like it could have been much more entertaining if though it... At the beginning of the series, it seemed like the Titans were some kind of a failed experiment. Which I enjoy conceptually more. Up to the point that I feel like I would have been more entertained if you had told me, Ah, yes, this isn't the last group of humanity. The other group of humanity is much further off. They were much more scientifically advanced. They made the Titans, started to lose control of them, and they put them on the island with the people and then left them to die. <laughs> Like, sure, if they've had nothing to do with those people, they left them to die with their experiments. Like, well, sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, you're fucked. Keep those, keep those murderous cannibals over there. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a personal choice, though. I'm sure there are a bunch of people that like the way that it is. Uh, I will say, though, uh, another plot twist from Attack on Titan that I know about from talking to you guys is the fact that there was something with Aaron and his brother and they had to like do something uh, with the yeah. the fact that they had to touch someone cuts off Aaron's head. Ah, okay. And Aaron's uh, head rolls into his brother, and it's like that counts. <laughs> Fuck your yeah, counts. Thanks, Gabby. So I mentioned before the nine titans having the ability to inherit from previous wheel. Yes, I did because it was a very moot part of this uh, power explanation. Bloodline relation increases this phenomenon. Also, touching things that are uh, somehow connected to the previous wielder, baseball or some shit like that. Uh, but in the case of actually physically touching people, they, it's not just a memory inheritance thing. It's also that Zeke, the brother, had the powers of the founding titan. In particular, wait, 
I have it backwards. Aaron has the powers of the Founding Titan as well as the Attack Titan. Uh, while he's only been using the Attack Titan powers, because that's it's just what the Attack Titan is, it's combat, the Founding Titan powers is the more mystical of all of the bunch and requires a member of the royal bloodline from the very, 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 very first user of the Titan power in order to unlock its full capabilities. Aaron is decidedly not that man. Their collective father is just some random man. Um, Aaron's mother is just some random woman that Aaron's father met in the walls. Zeke's mother, however, was a member of the bloodline back when Aaron's father used to be inside the walls for plot reasons. And so what was the plan was deceptively simple. We wait. They literally did not physically touch in any way, shape, or form up until they made this their plan and had them put it in action. They wanted to wait until um, Zeke had the ability to control the Titan powers, um, but this required the active consent. At least this is what he told Aaron. He needed active consent in order to do the touch and share the powers. So he spent the majority of his time outside of his Wait. Time out? That makes even less him. sense now. How so? How the fuck did he give consent if he was dead? Oh, well, what? I mean, the... Oh, they can get Did you see the scene? Or they'll be fine. No. Did you, did you see the scene? So in the scene, um, the plan was about to be enacted. One Titan runs across the city to meet the brother Titan, and they touch, and the world will end, at least according to some people's fears. Uh, during the entire dogfight, to prevent these two people from doing it, or support these two people doing it, young girl grabs a sniper rifle, shoots him in the neck, right as he's like, I want to say five feet away from his brother. His head lands on um, his brother's hands, and we pretty much spend like at least two or three episodes divulging into all of the other plot twists I've literally told you about where Aaron planted the whole time. But because uh, Ott still alive and once and in a matter of seconds, in the perspective of the real world, they immediately transformed into the gigantic skeleton man I mentioned before. So real quick, Please. I have to stop Gigant you. Gigantic me sacks. I have to stop no, you. The rumbling. I, I I know about all of that. I have to stop you because I've I have to ask. Head off. Are you saying that they did the whole uh, shot him in the I, neck, his head popped off? Uh, we're we're not even done yet. We'll get on to the next thing. Can you not hear me, Thomas? And I think we should be uh, I feel comfortable with Thomas, could you not hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Well I had been You don't have to be interrupting you to ask a question and it was confusing. <laughs> um when you say shot a sniper head came off are you saying that aaron yeager's head came off or that aaron yeager the titans head came off and aaron yeager is aaron's... in the neck of the titan oh he was he was whole aaron's human. head came he off was, it was human head off of his body i believe young gabby the, the child in question shot the neck clean through yep. and he just flew forward all right i'm very happy to move on i'm gonna say that's a bunch of bullshit. a dead body cannot give consent <laughs> if you're oh, going to if you're going to set up <laughs> the two just have to touch that's fine this still works if you're well, going to set it up let me finish if you're going to yeah. set it up that the two have to touch and there has to be consent to the change you cannot then kill the person and say the consent was there he's dead yeah but it's correct i mean if, I, not, if I may, Frank can still be activated 
no, no, no. That... Uh, if, if you allow me, Maurice. Mm -hmm. These are the words that came from the older bro uh, older brother himself. A very, very unreliable person. He lied. He straight up lied about having the consent. He just wanted companionship because Aaron is literally the only family he and he has daddy issues. Right. Uh, so th this was his motivation to like trick Aaron into being in the same plan as him. And unfortunately, during that multi-episode all happens in brief seconds real time aside I talked about, this is where they spend literal days just discussing things with each other and uh, Zeke still trying to convince um, his brother Aaron to move forward with Zeke's plan. I'm not going to get into it. Aaron's like, nah, I, I actually didn't like you at all. And I planned the whole thing. So this is my power now. When I tell him he turns into the giant skeleton man with the roving meat sack of bodies, Aaron's in full control and Zeke's a hostage. Unwilling all throughout. It just required the physical touch. That is the only hard rule that was necessary. The idea of consent was just a, a, a ruse. Uh, unfortunately, a failed ruse from Zeke's part. I'm very, I found a picture of Aaron's head being off and I'm very tempted to show it, but there's blood. Oh yeah, it's, it's a gory show. Very gory. Here, I can, I can, I can edit this. I can edit oh. this. Don't do Please, the Chinese. Don't do the Chinese. Don't do the Chinese edit where it's all white. No, just, just make it. I literally it just, <laughs> I just adjusted his head so that the blood part isn't on screen. Look, he's just concerned. Look at his brother <laughs> concerned for his brother's health uh, and nothing else. Oh my god! Yeah. Hold your head up, King. Keep you know, here's up. here's the thing. Why I'm gonna go back to. No, I see the excuse you just gave. Bullshit. If it wasn't that he was being honest about the consent being needed, why the fuck does he look so concerned? Brother is... He, always, he does not he care about it. They're literally about to merge. And his well, whole thing was that he wanted that to happen. But, well, no, that was his facial expression this, before yes, he called this, it. That's right. Imagine that you are this man right here, literally on the ground, because your body is blown apart in certain bits. You cannot physically run over to your brother. He has to run to you. And just when he's like five feet away, your plan is about to be enacted. Little girl shoots his head. You are lucky that it landed in your head. And I say lucky, knowing full well what that means in the context of this show. It's not very lucky that his head conveniently landed there, I'm sure. Uh, but that's just me using conjecture and grandstand. He is quite concerned about his brother because he needs his brother for the plan. Well, why does he need his brother for the plan, though? See, this is the issue. It doesn't work. Because they need to become the founding titan. But why does he care that he's dead if they just have to touch? It's not that he cares that he dead. He cares that he will oh, miss and not be able to touch the head. Also, this is his brother. I mentioned before, he does have a personality and a personal motivation to have a brother in his life. This is before he realizes that Aaron's a piece of shit and never planned on being with him in the first place. He still legitimately thought he bonded with his half-brother. Also, think of it like an egg catch, but you tripped and the egg is still coming and you barely caught it. You were screaming before it got in your hand. I agree. But if I lose the egg, then I lose the game. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a high stakes egg catch. I'm, I'm saying that because it, it does not matter it. if he catches the head. It, what? 
Well, it doesn't matter if he catches the head because of the fact that he just has to touch the body. That head could hit the ground, roll across the floor, fucking go down a flight of stairs, fucking drop all the way into the ocean. So long as he eventually touches the head, he's fine. Yeah, but he has to get there. Remember, he, from what Tom just said, his body just, just get blown apart because they were racing against each other and a bunch of people are trying to stop them. Did they never touch before that? No, he he was very intentional on not doing it because this was the plan the whole time. Man. This... This feels like it was a poorly planned off, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch the show and get the more idea? context because the context that I have is not good. The idea of racing across the city to get to each other while two teams are like, it's literally a game. Well, I'm sitting here like, why the fuck did you guys make this so complicated? And like, why did... Who gave away that this is what would happen if you two touched in any way, shape, or form? No one did snitch. You have to. Um, but sorry, if this was a, lost if this my train was, of thought. Because you have is, a point. If this was like a secret, if this was a secret plan, it would have went much smoother. I want you to imagine this, by the way, if this was a thing, like. Aaron did not know he was a titan until he nearly died. So I want you to I want you to picture this. You we we all have a fifth friend. Their name is uh Steve. So Steve, normal guy, pretty cool, fucking We we all go out we go to a bar, some walks up and like, hey, I haven't met you before. My name's Carl. And they shake hands and all of a sudden their bodies just combine into the fucking founder titan. Yeah, that'd be horrifying. What oh, the it's fuck? Time to, it's time to take up arms against Steve because I can't let that blow. Damn it, Steve! I thought you I were still cool. I wonder what they. I still wonder what they would have looked like if Aaron's head wasn't blown off. Could you imagine, by the way, if like Zeke had just made a mistake and at one point patted Aaron on the shoulder and they just what? That's right. That's it. Yeah, there are a lot of scenes, for instance, when they're just talking to each other, trying to quote-unquote relate as brothers at least that's what Zeke would think they're doing and they are almost like shoulder to shoulder bumped next to each other when they're like leaning against the wall and I'm like this is your plan but why are you so goddamn close this is a poor op you could have just you could have obeyed COVID rules Zeke but Zeke is a fool no. and we're not supposed to like this guy anyway so anything he, he does hugs I, in a while. I have to All right. ridicule him for alright I um uh... I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it there. <laughs> uh, uh, I did not mean for this to turn into the Attack on Titan, <laughs> the Attack on Titan podcast. It's fine. Oh. We're an hour in, and we've only talked about Attack on Titan. Who would like to go next for their good? I'll go next because mine's is short. Yay! Ooh. Well, not yay that it's short, but, but yay, you're going next. Yeah. Uh, so my plot twist come from a cute little anime called School Life. Now, uh, I was thinking, or... do I want to do Fight Club or anything like that? And I was like, no. Those are obvious. People like, you know, Fight Club, Memento, all those. Now, everyone knows those things. But I don't know how many people know School Life. So, in this cute little anime, we follow a, a adorable schoolgirl who 
for some odd reason is she just wakes up in school as if it's you know as if it's normal she uh gets dressed she like washes herself up she just gets ready for school and then you know going through the hall she meets some of her friends and then they get to their classroom and their teacher comes in and they just start doing club activities because apparently they are doing in-school living as it's called and she's just you know living her best life things is cute but you know something feels a little off it's a little weird and slowly but surely by the end of the episode we learn that the plot twist is they're in a zombie apocalypse and she's delusional oh, Lord. and all her friends are doing is her, the best they can to not let her have a mental breakdown they are trying this is, to yeah this was one episode this was the first episode and she is in a delusion that everything is fine like their teacher not real she died a long time ago she downstairs it's in it, it it's a good show i i enjoyed it and it's a good manga actually like if you read later on when they finally leave the school it gets even more crazy imagine zombie apocalypses are not uh <laughs> are not the greatest world buildings they are they are not. The, she the realest struggle out there. Yeah, like the thing is, like sometimes you can see the like end of first episode, you can sometimes see the delusion slowly like breaking down before like it kicks back in. And it's just like the school is dirty and destroyed, everything's a mess. And they're on the second floor where you know it's safe and they barricaded it so the zombies can't get upstairs. But all the zombies downstairs on the first floor, dangerous. And like just one of the girls, if I think her name was Karumi, mm -hmm. just a beat. She is the absolute unit in this anime. She does all the heavy lifting. It's like, all right, I need to go downstairs and you know get us some food or antibiotics or something. And she has just been on missions, and she just takes the shovel with her, and she will absolutely body a zombie. <laughs> It is, it was like, uh, I don't know, probably like one of the best plot twists I've seen done in an anime until... I believe it was you who showed, uh, who showed me this one as well. Yeah. Uh, the, um, yeah. The only one who uh, did it just as well or maybe better, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely there yet to decide, but it's just been odd taxi. Oh, I do love this Although, I don't know what that is. Ah, Ooh, uh, I, won't get into whole, I won't get into the whole diatribe. I'll instead give you the pitch. Odd Taxi is a show that came out in early 2021. There is a bunch of animals living in Tokyo. This is, of course, a not an anthology series, but rather a multi- a multi multi POV set of stories surrounding these characters that live in a, a version of Tokyo where everyone just looks kind of like animals, and most notably through the perspective of a cab driver named Otokawa, a walrus. The man. And that's it. That's that's as far as I'll go. Uh, yeah. But there is there is definitely a, a, a plot twist 
Um, and a mystery. I, I gotta say, there's a plot twist and a mystery, but I'm not sure if the plot hey. twist that we're talking about were, uh, changes the narrative. In it. it does change for... Actually, never mind. Is the plot something. twist that there is a mystery? No, the no. mystery is very is very much at the forefront. I think by episode one, you uh, realize that some characters and their plot lines are circled uh, centered around a missing no. idol group, and that she recently had to get replaced, and no one knows who she is. Spoiler: She is definitely dead. Um, unfortunately, so I kind of hope that she'd be alive, just missing someone. But yeah, she's dead. That, and the mystery is trying to figure out who did it. Now that I uh, highlight that, the plot twist is I'm not giving out the plot oh. twist. I am going to re I was I'm, I am going to now take back a thought that I had. Where I was going Ooh. to say that the plot twist wasn't actually relevant to major ongoings of the story, but that's a lot. Anyways, I do also really enjoy. School Live, really good plot twist. Especially they just did it this in the first episode. You want me to go next, Rose, or you you want to go? Uh, you can go next. I gotta finish something real quick. There you go. Rose, hard to work over there, but still a part of the podcast. What a champ. <laughs> Pog champ. Anyway. So, go watch School Live. I... I'm probably not, but I, I have a lot of other things to do. Again, if you want to see those things, uh, go to the Wham Twitter. It's at Wham Live. Please follow. I'm working very hard to post things. Don't beg. It makes me look desperate. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, it does. But back to the point. So I'm not going to bother with dancing around what my spoiler is. Uh... Mostly because the spoiler comes from the Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh. Now, as a kid growing up, and still to this day, I have very bad dyslexia. So, I did not read the Count of Monte Cristo. But, there was a version of the Count of Monte Cristo, the Count of Monte Cristo, that was released in, I believe it was 2004. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. <laughs> Trying really hard not to say it. What? Don't trying really hard. Just say it. You've already interrupted me to say there's something you wanted to say, but you're holding back. The Just with, say it. The one with the gay vampire? No. Not the one <laughs> with the gay vampire. You didn't Dude, try very hard. I'm gonna fucking mute you, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> not the point. So so far, not the point that it's irrelevant. <laughs> Didn't even call you a weeb for picking an anime thing, and then another anime thing. But now I start talking about a real thing, and you go, hey, there's an anime about that. There is the, kids, an anime memes. about everything. Fuck, it might as well be I mean, rule 35 of the internet. If it exists, there's an anime about it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the anime's real too. You know what I meant. I think there's an anime about US presidents. 
It doesn't matter. Back to the point. In the Count of Monte Cristo, there are a number of things you could call plot twists. Uh, some people might refer to the betrayal at the very beginning of the movie, where uh, the main character's best friend betrays him and ends up throwing him in prison because, well, the main character is poor and his best friend is rich, but the main character's best friend has always been really jealous of poor friend because he always seemed happier than him. Literally, not even a joke. That's the main plot. Damn, what an Like, not even gets the homie thrown in jail. Homies are French, and he gets thrown in jail for conspiring with Napoleon. That's mega jail. Could you just imagine you just... Oh, man, I got money. I got everything. But why am I not as happy as this guy? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Go to prison. Huh? Am I more happy what now? What did I do? <laughs> what did I, I mean, I... I mean he did take his life, so... I'm a little happy. He wasn't happy from that. He wasn't upset mm. because he did that to his best friend. He just wasn't happy. Because it's insufferable. Now, not the point. It brought me no joy. The point is, is that one of the characters <laughs> who is directly related to both of them and is actually part of the reason why the best friend portrays the main character is the childhood best friend of them, uh, Mercedes, who is married to the main character. Um, they actually only just get married at the beginning of the story, right before the betrayal. And it happens to be, it only happens at that point because Desmond wanted to have the money to truly engage to her before he actually proposed. They were a set couple and it was literally just a once I have the money for a ring, we'll get engaged. And there's a really cute scene where he says that. Like, I just want to get you a ring first and then we'll be good. And she says, I don't need a ring. And she pulls a string off of, I believe it's either her dress or a blanket they were using. And she ties it around a ring finger. And she just goes, this is the only ring I need. And it's adorable. Well, that's not the point. The point is after Desmond, uh, the main character, gets thrown in jail, he's away for, I believe he's away for 17 years. Like, he's not in prison for a short amount of time. While in prison, he meets a priest who used to be a soldier, who, while he was a priest... He helped out a count who had buried all of his wealth secretly. And he had entrusted a map to the wealth to the priest. Unfortunately, while they were digging their way out of prison, the priest, and there's a tunnel collapse, the priest gets half buried, main character manages to pull him out, but he's got internal bleeding, he's gonna die. Before he passes away, he gives the main character a map to the treasure, which he then uses to basically make himself into a count. And the treasure just so happens to have been hidden on the island of Monte Cristo. Hence, yes. the Count of Monte Cristo. Okay. The okay. plot twist that happens is when he first gets back to the uh, mainland France and he goes back to his hometown, he asks after his father... Uh, this isn't the plot twist yet. I'll get... I'll, I'll point it out again when I get there. Uh, 
when he asks about his father, he's told by his former employer who does not recognize him that his father killed himself out of shame when main character man was arrested. Um, and he proceeds to ask about Mercedes. Uh, and the his former employer corrects him and goes, Oh, the Countess Mondega? And Mondega is the last name of his best friend. He pulls out gun. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> not entirely incorrect. Also, I'm technically out of order. He does this and then goes and gets the treasure. Not the point. They happen yes. literally right after each other. Um, so he hears about that. And he's just like, my feckin' wife got married to my best friend who betrayed me right after I got thrown in jail. And it turns out that Mercedes and his best friend have a son, Albert, played by Henry Cavill. Superman? Yeah, but this was, again, back in, like, 2004. It's a very young-looking hit. I gotta find him now so I can put up the picture of him. Still probably, still, still probably a fucking square. Like a okay, six foot two, Henry Cavill. Oh no, Farmer. he he is he, he was not a square yet. He wasn't. I'm gonna be honest. He kind of was a twink. I don't think you can say that. I'm, word. I'm, I'm living. I'm living. Am I not game. allowed to say that word? Is that one of those bad terms? Probably. So. If you look at the stream, this is what Henry Cavill looked like in this movie. He does still have a very defi- He's still very handsome. It's Henry Cavill. You can't remove his eyes. That his jaw is relatively defined, yes. It's just not Henry Cavill like we know Henry Cavill now. Okay. A.K.A. Geralt of Rivia and Superman. A.K.A. Man Who Fucks. Not an incorrect statement. Not the way I would have put it, but not an incorrect statement. Here. This is another image of him disappointed because his father won't give a toast at his birthday. Father, happy birthday to me? No. Now, the reason why I bring up this character so much, and why I'm still talking about him, is because the plot twist is... <clears throat> Albert is not his friend's son. Well, I guess. The night, well, not even the night, before he went to dinner with his father and wife, him and Mercedes, when they had that scene about the, the string ring, they did it, and that was the time that conceived Albert. And Mercedes immediately got with his best friend because she realized I'm pregnant and I need Man, to make that's... it to where he's not a bastard and people think that, that he's a count's son. That is potent. That is very potent. Get it where you fit in, I guess. Maybe <laughs> close Listen. <laughs> you need to be stopped. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> it's in the it's in I the shit. Um, but they kind of do a bit of uh setup for it in the fact of just the way that they look as characters, because I know it's Henry Cavill, but hair can be changed, and so can other things, and. This is the main characters standing next to each other. And over to the right is the best friend. Over to the left is the Count of Monte Cristo. And in the middle is our Henry Cavill Albert. Jesus. Howry. He's tall. The, there are stairs involved, guys. Nine foot twelve. I, I don't know about that. No, he... I'm not gonna find the fucking scene to have it play while we're talking about this. <laughs> Those two are standing on stairs. And well, it's not direct foreshadowing for the reveal of, you know, Albert being his son. I mentioned it a minute ago. There was a scene where at his birthday, which is actually where that picture is from, his father ends up the best friend getting distracted by business and he's not going to be there to give essentially the toast for his birthday and the Count of Monte Cristo our main character actually stands up and he gives the speech instead taking the place of the father and it's not like the most I don't want to say the most necessary it's not like the biggest, like, this is going to change everything kind of plot twist. But it's a plot twist that has some major effects on several scenes. Because, make no mistake about it, the County Monte Cristo is after revenge. He is here to fucking take everything that these people have and then kill them. In that order, specifically. <laughs> and it does get to the point that County Monte Cristo and Count Montega our main character, best friend, do end up fighting each other. And at one point, very early on in the fight, the, our main character actually has his best friend beaten. He is 100% at the point of killing him. But then Albert shows up and he starts fighting the Count of Monte Cristo. Because he thinks that the Count is some brigand trying to kill his dad. And, uh... Just as a spoiler alert, there's absolutely no way Albert would ever be our main character, man. He is a I whole mean, 18 years old. I mean, you know, a nice sneak attack. He I did mean, not sneak attack. He ran witcher. in. He just needs a little magic. He did not do a sneak attack. Um, oh. Always look at sneak. But in that fight, it gets to the point that, well. He doesn't know that Albert is his son. He knows that he is a, what he would describe as a nice young man, who unfortunately is the kid of his most hated person in the world and his least hated person in the world. Oh. And uh, when he gets in the way of his final revenge, he is 100% ready to kill him. Like, uses his rope to bat the kid's sword out of the way and steps forward ready to thrust... But in that moment, Mercedes arrives, and she explains to Albert that his father is not Mondega, 
but a man known as Edmund Dantes, the man you know as the Count of Monte Cristo. And this is a reveal to both Albert and our main character, Edmund, the Count of Monte Cristo, who kind of looked really confused, but then is like, yo, I can see it. Wait, and... isn't the best friend also shocked by this? No, he knew. Oh. Because uh, I was about to say, they all didn't look at each other? Wait a minute. No, uh, it gets revealed to him a couple of scenes earlier. It was me. Because uh, Count Mondego is like, we're leaving because uh, Count of Monte Cristo has literally, like, all of the deck collectors are coming after be former best friend Trader Man. And mm -hmm. he's like, we well, need to get out of Paris. And she says, no, I'm not going with you. He goes, shut the fuck up. You're coming with me, bitch. Go get my son. And she just looks at him and goes, he's not your son. And <laughs> that's when it's kind of like revealed to him. Because he was, he literally at one point just goes, ah, that's why you were so desperate to get married. And it's just like, fuck you, it worked. My master son got raised as a count, you idiot. Haha, <laughs> get pranked. I'm, I'm for, I'm for the ruse. That guy was an asshole anyway. Get um, pranked. Yes, get pranked, nerd. Um, and so when Albert actually turns to his father, the Count Mondego, uh, he, the Count just shrugs like, well, what do you want? It is true. And Albert's response is, you let me fight him? Because he was literally just trying to kill his dad to protect who he thought he was dad. Oh, yeah. Shocking, I know. He looks at him. Imagine you just met that man. Was... I raised you, boy. Imagine if he did not. Attacked. He was a complete asshole his entire life. <laughs> he did not raise him. You, imagine if you sneak attacked and won. This moment would have been met with absolute relief and then butter and frustrating bittersweetness. Butter sweetness. <laughs> butter sweetness, yes. Um, but yeah, it. Then the rest of the scene unfolds. We're talking about plot twists, so I don't need to go into the fight scene. Which, by the way, I know that, like, the reviews for the Count of Monte Cristo, Count of Monte Cristo 2004. Yes, I did just say Two. Monte Cristo. It was 2002? 2002. Ah, the 2002 Count of Monte Cristo does not have good reviews. Uh, part of my French, fuck that shit. This movie's great. The fight scene at the end <laughs> is glorious. Also, it's got some killer one-liners, like fucking Trader Man, former best friend, Count Mondego, pulls out a pistol at the scene, and he points it at Edmund, and he, Edmund's response is, you've only got one shot, it's going to take more than that to stop me. And Count Mondego's response is, well, then I better put it where it counts, and he attempts to shoot Mercedes. Oh. Luckily, be new best friend, good best friend, Jacopo is there. And as he turns where the pistol is aimed, Jacopo throws his uh, dagger, because he's a dagger man. Um, and it hits Mondego's hand and pushes it slightly to the side, so that he just wings her in the shoulder. And then the final fight happens, and it's glorious. And there's a fun <laughs> the part that's funny to me, where Albert, like is watching the fight and he starts to like try and walk out to join the fight and Jacopo just grabs it and he's just like no you're not you're not joining that no no you you sit down <laughs> no you are a child and those are those are men fighting you are not prepared 
I was waiting for you to like almost be done before I say now we gotta talk about the super best friend guy. He is amazing movie. Oh, like, if you ever need a wingman, yeah, you get a, you get yourself a Yakupo. Oh yeah, Yakupo is great. Like he again, he also has some. He's a well known actor too. I can't remember his name. Um, well, luckily I already have to link it up. Um, but there is a point in time where when they first get the treasure. He, uh, main character Edmund Dantes is, like, being all, like, broody and roguish, just, like, sitting up somewhere, just, like, mm, angry, and he's just like, how could you be mad in this situation? You are the wealthiest man I have ever met. And he's basically just going, like, I gotta get my revenge. And Yakuwa just goes, who are they? Give me names. I go out to Paris, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> Back before week's end, we split the treasure. How is this a bad plan? Louise Guzman. That's a rotted duh. Yeah, he, mm, he's great. Do you want to know how they become friends? Directly after escaping the prison. So he's basically on a prison island. He has to get out of the prison and then swim away. And he Kaiser. like... Yes? He's Gomez Adams. People can't hate on them anymore. I won't allow it. I wasn't allowing it now, but now I can't allow it. Who is Gomez Adams? I will stab you. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. The, go the father remember figure that? of the Adam family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I didn't watch the Adams family. That's okay. There, there's your plot twist today. I haven't seen the Adams family. It's okay. And. There's a new version. You need probably watch that. Yeah, he's a he's a dad. He's Gomez on Wednesday. I'll check it out later. Back to the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, he like passes out and ends up on a beach, and he like wakes up and rolls over. And he sees that he what? he made he it out of the prison, here. and he go he says thank you priest because that's what he called the priest. He yeah. just called him priest. Um, and then he like just sprints down the beach <laughs> shouting happily. And as he's doing so, the camera kind of pans with him, and it starts to pan past, like, people very much in the foreground, sort of just getting their outlines, and he turns, and he just sees it's a bunch of pirates who are <laughs> sitting on the beach, and they're just staring at him. And Jacopo attempted to keep some money for himself. And so the captain is like, He's one of my best men. I can't just let him get away with trying to hide things from us, but I don't want to outright kill him, so here's what we're going to do. You two are going to fight, and would, if you live, you can join the crew. If he lives, well, then he gets to survive. And our main character's boss says, well, what if I don't feel like becoming a smuggler? And he says, then we kill you both and we split the loot. And then he goes, ah, well, oh, we kill you both and I'm a little short-handed. That, that was how he phrased it. And he... <laughs> Edward just goes, well, then it appears the smuggler's life is the life for me. And so <laughs> Jacopo and Edmund get into a knife fight, which he just, Edmund wins. Edmund wins, like, handedly. And it's also a really good knife fight. It actually is, you know, much more akin to what a knife fight would actually look like than what most fight scenes do with knife fights. And he, instead of killing... Uh, Jacopo, 
he stabs his knife into the ground directly next to his head and he sits up and he looks at the captain he basically says let let both of us li let both of us live your men have gotten their sport and you will have an extra sailor on your crew and the captain goes you know what it's a deal good enough for me that's some compelling arguments there sir and so uh Jacopo grabs Edmund by the scripture and pulls him back down and he just said uh uh, I I think he starts off. I just want to let you know, despite the fact that I'm not feeling too good right now, I am your man forever. And he meant it. And he meant it. He is the most loyal fucking person I've seen in a long time. If this was an anime talk, I would say he has the Kuwabara effect. Kind of enemies at first, but now he's ride or die forever. Doesn't matter the situation. Kuwabara's there. Yeah. It's a good time. Any other questions? Oh, also, just a fun fact. Um, they do give Edmund Dantes a nickname. The pirates do. They call him Satara. Would you guys like to know what Satara means? No. It means driftwood. Because they first saw him floating in the water onto the beach. That yeah. sounds like a name my friend, uh, my old Xbox Live friends would give me. Yeah. That scene's also what? really fun because they just go, we shall call him Satara. <laughs> sounds fearsome. <laughs> it means driftwood. Dang. Like, wow. All right. Any questions on the count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> No. Just, no. It's Ra's turn. It's Ra's turn. Uh, Go, Ra's. I choose you. Ra's, <laughs> <Yeah>. Ra's. <laughs> oh, God. The one I picked for... I still like the movie, despite the fact that it has the problematic actor in it. Hmm. So we're just gonna... Say who the problematic actor is, and then I'm going to never refer to him. Well, I have to talk about him because he's uh, one of the well, characters. Uh, yeah, just talk about him like the character and not the problematic actor. Okay, so the movie is The Usual Suspects. Mm. It's a, a crime movie, basically. It's an interrogation of a criminal played by Kevin Spacey. And they're trying to figure out what happened at this big raid on a wharf, uh, well, on a boat. And they're, they're like picking up all these pieces, but they don't know what's going on. And they only have one survivor. There was uh, between like 30 or 40 people there and only one person came out of it alive. So Good times. They bring him in for questioning, and he and throughout the movie they call him the cripple uh, because he walks with a cane and he stutters a lot. But since you know we're we're living in more PC times, I will just call him by uh, his given name, which is Verbal Verbal Kin. Thanks, thank you for that. That was dirty. <laughs> yeah, uh, the dialogue in 
the movie. It's very much a product of its time. There is a lot of slang and a lot of bad language in the movie. 1995 was a crazy time. <laughs> so not that crazy. The officer uh who's leading this interrogation, he's actually been chasing a criminal named Mike. His name is Michael Keaton. But they just called him Keaton, so I'm gonna just call him Keaton. They've been chasing this criminal named Keaton for a while. Keaton was a former cop who went corrupt and managed to con his way out of uh, out of being brought to justice several times to the point where they had him dead to rights. Uh, but something happened with one of the witnesses and the trial ended up uh, being put on hiatus or something. And within the week that it was put on hiatus, uh, the witnesses were all dead through unknown means and Michael Keaton had disappeared. So this was the first time they had a beat on him in a I while. I believe that you may mean Dean Keaton. Dean Keaton? Because Michael Keaton is an actor. Yeah, probably Dean Keaton. That's why I'm just going to call him Keaton. Yeah, in the movie, he's just called Keaton. Or yeah. the thing that I have up just calls him Keaton. I yeah. could probably get more information in a second. Uh, and I'm going off of memory, but I've seen the movie a lot of times. Uh, so I've seen it four. That's all I got for you. <laughs> so, it... Dean Keaton, yes. Yeah, uh, Dean Keaton had, had he tried to get out of the drug game. He he shacked up with a lawyer. He he tried to move on, but. The cops only ever see him as a criminal, and this is 1995 New York. Everything's corrupt. The cops are all over his ass. He can't even get new jobs because the cops ruin it for him. So he ends up being dragged in for a, what is it? Uh, they have you? Yeah, lineup. And they have him and four other pretty well-known criminals in this lineup trying to figure out who pulled off this job where uh, some bank truck got robbed. And they're questioning everybody. They can't seem to get anything out of them. They throw all the, the criminals in cells. And this is where everything begins because all five of these guys end up getting together to do jobs in, even though Dean Keaton is not trying to get back into the game, he doesn't feel like he has a choice. And he ends up joining in with them as well. And they go on these slew, the slew of various different jobs that are set up by different, um, different uh, other criminal organizations until the last one where they're told to find this one guy steal his drugs and then go but when they get into the altercation with this guy they end up having to kill him because they find out the stuff that he had on him was not drugs and they and in the scuffle when after finding that out they end up or one of the guys ends up killing him to save 
uh, Keaton, I believe. Oh my. So they go back to the guy who gave them the job, and they're ready to kill this dude because it was a setup from the get-go. They don't know why they were set up, only to find out that the job that they got came from somebody higher up in the food chain uh, called Kaiser Soze. And Kaiser Soze is supposed to be a myth in the drug underworld. He's not supposed to exist. He's a, a boogeyman. The people that they, he, he's, uh, what is his name? John, he's the John Wick of that criminal underworld. And the reason why they all ended up in the lineup was because Kaiser Soze manipulated. He put pressure on the cops to put them all in the lineup and then somehow planted the job that they first got together for and most of the jobs that they've been on. And the reason he did that was because each and every one of them, including uh, Verbal, the, the uh, handicapped guy, had all at one point either directly interfered with one of his jobs that he was doing or actively stole from one of his organizations. I think one guy, uh, I think the bank truck, the one guy hit, turns out one of the dudes in the lineup did actually do it, uh, was Kaiser Soze's. The uh, verbal Kent, he had conned one of uh, Kaiser Soze's guys out of a bunch of money. Uh, and Keaton, he, they, I don't know if they actually gave a reason for Keaton because I think Keaton interrupted them because he's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about my past and all that other stuff. So Kaiser Soze says, uh, we're going to, I'm going to give you one last job and we're square. But if you refuse, I'm just going to kill you. And everybody's contemplating whether or not they want to go. And they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to fight these guys. Um, we're not going to do this job. I don't take orders from nobody. So we're going to find the guy who's the liaison for Kaiser Soze. And we're going to kidnap him and threaten him into, into uh, cutting the deal so we can just leave. They do exactly that, only to find out. <laughs> Kaiser Soze has all of their families, every loved one that they that they are even remotely close to, and possibly even their mailmen. He has eyes and ears on them and can kill them at any point. One of the guys decides to run anyway. He's dead. They just—it's like they don't even show you what happened to him. It's just—he's like, I don't—I don't care. Screw it. I'm out. They find him dead on the beach the next day. One, two, two. So the final job that they're supposed to go on, they're supposed to be this big drug uh, exchange going on. And it's a bunch of different people from different uh, gangs. I think it's like the Russians. Uh, uh, what is it? Some Hungarians and a couple other gangs that are supposed to be here for some big drug au auction. And they're going to have a ton of money. They're going to have a ton of stuff. And the job is the only thing Kaiser Soze wants are the drugs. All the money that they find, it's theirs. But they got to take out all the guys in 
it's only five of them. And there was like 30 or 40 people that was found there. No, it's not five anymore because one of them died. Uh, it's four of them versus like 20 or 30 guys. All from different crime organizations. And they set up all this stuff. They managed to, to fight their way through all these people only to find out there's no drugs. <gasps> the deception. They keep looking and they're looking around and finding stuff but no drugs. They're finding dead people, lots of guns, no drugs, no money either. And as they finally, no, no, there actually is money. One of the guys does find the money, but he's the first one who gets picked off, but you can, can't can see who did it. Like, like, it's like the guy who did it is the camera, basically. They'll turn around, see who it is, be surprised like they know who it is, and immediately get killed. And they get picked off one by one, until at the end it's keaton and verbal is the witness because he's seen he he, he managed to get close enough to the boat because he was off the boat uh and because keaton told him to stay behind because one he would have been dead weight and two he wanted him to live because they had gotten close over the course of the movie oh how nice <laughs> So uh, he sees Keaton on top of the boat and he sees this unknown assailant, but he can't really see his face because it's dark and he's obscured by all the stuff on the boat. And he sees the unknown assailant kill uh, Keaton and then light the boat on fire, getting rid of all the evidence. And the police officer is putting everything together, trying to figure out what happened. And he believes he came through with the twist. The twist is the person who had set it all up was Dean Keaton. And all of the events was an elaborate scheme to bring all his enemies together, kill them off, make it look like he died, and run away with the money. Verbal doesn't believe this. Not in the slightest. He's losing his mind trying to figure out how he could have been so manipulated. And the cops is like, no, it's because you're dumb. You're useless. And he also, you know, talks about his ailment. And you were the easy target. Everybody else was, would have been smart enough to figure it out. But only you would have been the one to, to believe everything Keaton said and then just run with it you were the last piece because Keaton needed you to report that he was dead okay so now he gets to run off and and do whatever so the cop is just content having figured it out and then the actual twist <laughs> the actual twist is uh verbal kit was kaiser Soze. done done he wasn't done. actually uh handicapped at all he was faking it even his verbal stutter he had set everything up what no who could have <laughs> seen this coming throughout the movie you Goodness. wouldn't see it coming but you know there are hints because the only reason the cop figured it out is because verbal had been playing a bunch of games and as he's saying uh and as he's remembering the story you know content that he had figured it out 
Scheme Kid Keaton Scheme. He starts looking at like the wall and notice that one of the pictures on the wall fit the description of one of the characters that Verbal gave. Uh, then he looked at uh, his watch or a cup or something that said Kobayashi on it. And that was the name of the lawyer that Verbal gave. Uh-huh. Verbal was making up the story using names uh-huh. and, and uh, pictures and people from everything sitting in the room. And when he goes to go find Verbal after they release him and give him immunity, uh, he's gone like a fucking ghost. Bitch. Mm-hmm. Bye, bitch. The only thing Goodbye, makes, Felicia. The only thing that makes me mad about my recounting of the story is I can't put the emphasis or just the... I can't describe to you the way the twist played out and give it justice. It's one of those things you have to watch for yourself. Yeah, just so long as it's not per- like... Go on. I was about to say, it's kind of hard to explain a plot twist to a person without like... Like, whatever you say, already telling the person they're going to understand, oh, something in this is a plot twist. So, you know, you can catch it a lot easier than knowing and you know, versus watching a movie and not knowing there was a plot twist coming. <laughs> Yeah, but this one has like a few plot twists to it. My yeah, thing is, so long as it's right. so long as it wasn't revealed like all the twists in uh, Ocean's Eleven, where they play the same fucking song every time, and they just have someone walk away but walk towards the camera, and they just have a smug fucking look on. So long as you're gonna tell me verbal didn't like grin at the camera and just no, he's walking away. As he's walking away with his uh, limp, slowly, it's just watching his feet. Slowly, his legs straighten out and his hand stops claw, uh, locking up. And the last thing he does is light a cigarette and walk away. While the detective is slowly figuring it out as he's walking yeah. up the building. And once he gets out the building, he gets into a car, drives away. And the detective comes outside trying to figure out where the fuck did he just go. You're like how too I feel like late. One leaves the. Uh, but it's like how I feel after I leave a corner store, someone left out five seconds <laughs> before me. Where the yeah. fuck did they go? Were they real? And uh, I think from what I've seen from like interviews and stuff, they said that the director didn't tell anybody who actually was Kaiser Soze, and the actor for Dean Keaton actually believed the entire time he was Kaiser Soze. And the only people who knew who the actual Kaiser Soze was was uh, the Guy playing Verbal Kent, the lawyer, and the director himself. Nobody else knew. Uh. Neat. Deception. Look at all. In order to deceive your enemies, you must deceive your friends. Look at all our good plot twists. Now it's time to talk about the bad ones. Yay! Who wants to go first? I don't want to talk about. I'll go first. Go for it, my dude. So, probably for me, the one plot twist that I'm still not over and it still upsets me is turning out that everything in Naruto, aliens. (laughs) 
I need to change my name. I need to change my name. <laughs> well, not it like Aliens. the fact the fact alone that the I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, but everyone keeps claiming, and I think I saw it, but the writer didn't know how to beat Madara. And I I'm hoping this was from the start. He he just had this plan, but if this was way of like, well, this is how I'm going to have them beat Madara. Aliens. <laughs> yep, this this alien came down a long time ago and started all the ninja shit because she was horny. Aliens. Aliens. And I'm like... What? We already have a bad guy. Yeah, but new bad well, guy. At the end of Naruto during the world, uh, the war arc, they had like six different bad guys, which is that just kept replacing each other. Until Madara showed up, and it was like, "There, the definitive bad guy. He's been talked about since the actual Naruto, and now we're in Shippuden, and they're still talking about Madara, and also Orochimaru's still here. That's two bad guys. I would have been definitely cool if if uh, Orochimaru did this." Like, if he fucking ate Madara and became fucking alien, would not have even blinked. But, no, just a random woman named Kaguya. Like, and she had only I, been talked about, from what I remember, in, like, the last 50 chapters of Naruto. Yes. Uh, they talked about her once she was introduced. And I'm just like, also the fact that she wasn't as strong as Madara. She actively ate Madara and got weaker. <laughs> like Madara was not affected by any jutsus and was a master of like just straight up taijutsu. So what the fuck do you do? You, you try your best. Kaguya shows up. Uh, yeah, this bitch can't really fight. Fight. Uh, mixer. She could, you know, blink you in all sorts of dimensions, however, uh, as a person as you want that to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can still mix her. Come on, team, let's punch the shit out of her. <laughs> Thank God this isn't a moderate no more. Get he would have mixed get us. That, get that link, get that, uh, get that lick in, Sakura. Finally. Some, mm-hmm. some premium development. That, that's another thing that bothered me. How do you sideline a character the entire series? Throwing a random line, I finally caught up to you guys and then pretend like she's as strong as everybody else. No, 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 no. That's just in her head. She finally caught up to them. Because remember, they proceeded to go on and destroy the entire canyon after they were done. <laughs> and she was not there to help destroy that canyon. No. She's not there to help stop destroying that canyon either. And they the, have to one, let fight. the one thing that really, really makes me mad about the whole Team 7 thing and during the war arc. It's like, Team 7's back together. Except Sai. Except Yamato. But it's like, there were more chapters when they were apart than there were with them together as Team 7. They rushed through the whole Chinin, we're friends part of that story. That was not a deserved, we're coming back together. The team ain't been a team since before Naruto learned the Rasset gun. (laughs) 
This man actively left, and we have not seen him for three years. And Ten the years. First time I see him, <laughs> IRL he tries time. to kill me. It, it, don't even get me started on the fucking romance. But yeah. Romance. So yeah, I I can't get over that. Do I have other plot twists I hate? Sure. Is there a lot of M Night Shyamalan's I hate? Sure. But just the fact alone that it went from cool ninja shit to aliens, I I I, I couldn't recover. I hope Boruto is good. I'm not watching it. It ain't for me. I think we should segue into mine because mine is also Naruto. Aliens? Go on. It's not aliens. It's slightly before the aliens, though the aliens is just as bad. Everything that had to do with Black Zetsu is also up there. Yeah. But for me, the bad writing and the bad, bad plot twist started with Obito. Oh, here we go with this guy. <laughs> I, you know, you don't understand how mad I was. Because it, it, how mad I was when Obito turned out to be Madara. Well, the fake Madara. Like mm. everybody knew mm. from Jump when the guy exactly. said, "I'm Madara in the modern day." We knew it wasn't Madara. <laughs> Everybody knew that. There was no reason to believe that it wasn't Madara. True, but we've seen this trope happen so many times in anime and manga in general, where the person will be like, oh, I'm this old fi figure from Legend, and turns out they're not. They're just masquerading. So I'm like, that's too easy. That That's not much of a for it to be somebody else. The fact that it was Obito? The problem I have with this twist... Everybody says the, the, the reason that was obvious that it was Obito is because... Uh, because of his mask only allowing you to see his uh, right eye and Kakashi has the left eye, that was the reason that... Uh, it was Obito, and that's why they were not surprised. And oh. I say, fuck that noise. It should have never been Obito because of the way they killed off Obito. There shouldn't have what? been a right shotgun left to what? have in a fucking mask. He had half his body crushed by rocks. Like, he was DOA when that rock smashed on top of him. Half his body destroyed. He should what? not be able to walk or function half his brain was destroyed there is no way in hell he should be alive to be doing anything unless they body swapped him and even if they like transferred his rosin gun uh, uh i mean not rosin his sharing gun into another body that sharing gun should be flat as a pancake it should not exist and then to justify it because kishimoto knew that was a shit twist in a if he was going to make that twist from the start, he should have never killed off Obito in that way. In order to make it work, he said, oh, it's as if Obito's body phased through the rock. He didn't have his uh, Mangekyo Sharing Gun at that point. He didn't wake it up until afterwards. Don't give me that bullshit. 
Are you gonna say, oh, he partially awakened and he activated power a little bit? God damn it, I hate the fucking part. Look, 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 I actually have an answer for you. Um, I, I said this a long time ago when I first saw it in Naruto. Uh, rocks just don't kill people like they used to. <laughs> but it's a very inefficient, uh, inefficient means of death. It's like, it's like letting gravity decide. That's a risk. You might as well just put a bullet in it, Steve. Like, I, I, I won't lie, though. Right. I, um, uh, I give Toby a little bit of a, uh, I give Obito a little bit of a pass, even though, you know, not the greatest plot twist in the world. Um, he fucking played his role. Yeah, he did. He was like, I'm not a threat to anyone. I'm just a fool. I will end all of you. <laughs> like, I he like. He wakes up every morning, like, I got one more joke. What jokes today? <laughs> I can't. Laugh. Laugh. Hey, just gonna try to laugh. <laughs> and hey, how y'all guys doing? I'm glad I can come to the morning of Otsuki meeting. <laughs> like, I like Toby as a character. He was very threatening and he was very comical. He was very effective. But the twist in everything, like, that was when I mentally checked out of Naruto. That that twist. That that was my thirteenth reason for Naruto. I I I kept watching because well I didn't watch the anime, you know the anime, but okay. I kept reading the manga because I was in too deep at that point, and I was like, might as well just see this war art. And it was like everything that I had a problem with with that twist was like put on full display in the war art and that was when i was like wow i i guess i'm not gonna read boruto wanna wanna sound kind of funny do it when you said obito my brain uh accidentally replaced them with kabuto and i was like <laughs> oh this guy kabuto yeah kabuto is a is a hidden gem kabuto gets away with everything Fails at like <laughs> only one thing in the course of the entire show. I'm gonna be the signing. And he also probably got pardoned by now. Probably. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Wait, is he still not in this happy little fun trap? Uh, no, no, that's the yeah. crazy part. He Kabuto, got out. Kabuto's he... out and he's um, managing. Uh, the orphanage. Uchiha, an orphanage of Uchiha clone. That's what he's doing right now. Kabuto got out of the Izanami during the war arc of like 20 to 30 chapters. Whenever Sasuke was dying, everybody was like, oh my god, we gotta make the Sasuke. No, there's somebody already there. They're already uh there. And all you see is Kabuto stand, uh, like kneeling over Sasuke's body with a giant snake thing going in a, uh, Sasuke's chest and it's like oh you're still trying to eat him aren't you and Kabuto's like no the Izanami changed my mind I'm gonna save him it's like <laughs> get out of here get out of here
I'm sorry. Naruto just so much rage. Naruto partially isn't... from the fans, partially from that war art. I completely understand. Naruto. So who's next? Uh, Kaiser, are you back with us? We shall now move the Ouija board. The he is sure, not. He's still busy. Yeah. Now, um, I will go. I'm gonna be completely honest. I had uh, mentally blocked out a lot. Last couple of thinking of one in particular. I is really really bad. And you can already tell that it's this one's really really bad. When I mention the uh studio where the show comes from oh dear the cw okay i'm gonna guess what it is inside my head okay. and i'm gonna tell you if you're right or not welcome back sorry about that my my i was back when you asked if i was back but my microphone like i feel bad i think that i might have fucking spiked a bit of the chat a little bit because it it, it just wasn't working. I don't know what happened. Um, I'm also panicking because it appears we lost a follower somehow. Oh, no. Sadness. Anyway. It was probably from us tackling slightly. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was in the stream while I was away. Um, there was no echoing, which was surprising. Woo. I assume the so echoing was me echoing. Yes, because I can see right. A I could, little too close. I could, if I, I can see myself bouncing. Okay. The CW network. No one loves it. Maybe someone loves it. We all don't like it. There is a show that I had a lot of love for, especially particularly its first season, Black Lightning. The entire premise of that show is about a, what eventually becomes a family of superheroes. Starting with the father, uh, who was known as the titular Black Lightning. We are focusing here on one of his two daughters, Jennifer Pierce, otherwise known as Lightning. No colors. So, deep breaths, prepare yourself for this. I refuse. Lightning's whole thing, unlike her father, who can conduct electricity is that she actually generates electrical uh she generates electrical energy and she is much more powerful oh. than her father one of the things that she would frequently do once she her powers activated and was doing the uh coming of age story arc of learning to harness them is that she would regularly go up to the upper stratosphere of our planet and absorb i believe like free floating electrons in the area a scientific mumbo jumbo that i do not want to quote because i do not remember it except for one very important phenomenon that they um, make a plot point out of jennifer gets a sort of like addiction high kick off of the stuff and so regularly going up there to supercharge was not only just a you know allegory for drugs but in terms of the actual specifics was starting to overcharge her to the point that she started to become more like an electrical being than a physical being. This uh, this uh, this behavior, 
this behavior uh, culminizes into a one very tragic event where she just straights up dissipates her entire material form gone free uh, amongst the clouds of free-floating electrons this was of course immediately picked up by the family and all relevant parties and black lightning himself flew up into space to try to find what bit of her was out there absorb it into himself go back down and use again cw ill-explained scientific mumbo jumbo to reconstruct her body using the the collection of electrons they succeed they they make a body it's all good except no the body that comes out is a wholly different little black girl they don't know who the fuck she is but jennifer claims to be herself albeit also equally confused by the form that she takes i will i will pause this right here because that's not the podcast let me explain uh somehow irrelevant to the show but ended up being relevant to the show casting thing the actress for the original jennifer walters wanted to leave the cw to go pursue other things in life honestly girl i completely understand get the fuck out of here wait what's her name her name is china annie uh, china annie no Clayton. no no the name of the the name of the right, character not jennifer walters jennifer pierce okay i, I got a little bit a little bit scared. i who is jennifer walters why do i why did i she hulk ah my baby the, girl. Fr- the Freudian slip pardon me so China and McLean wanted to leave the CW network for reasons I won't get too much into, but I'm like, you go girl, get the hell out of this honestly kind of mediocre studio. Problem, she comes back. Now, coming back to the story, and I'll tie in that a little bit later. A new part of Jennifer's entire life is now acclimating to her new life with this completely new form. She has to completely hide her identity in a different sense than what superheroes normally have to do because she physically does not look like the original Jennifer Pierce. She has to change her name, claim that she's a cousin of the family, staying staying here in uh, in the town for God knows how long and has to reconnect with people that were once her longtime friends in school. Her entire life has been upended. And this was a major, major plot point of season four with part of it just kind of seeming like Oh, I mean, this is the consequence of your actions. This is honestly kind of engaging how one tries to create a life under rapid and honestly strange circumstances. And you would think, oh man, this would be really compelling if you forgot that this was made by the CW. Our new actress, <laughs> um, she was still on the show for the majority of season four, probably hopefully got paid. But uh, China and McLean want it back. And so they put her back in the show. How did they do this? And this is the plot twist. The current Jennifer that we spent the entirety of season four trying to get to know and trying to sympathize with is apparently a parasitic entity that existed within the ionic sphere of free-floating electrons in the air and took the opportunity to take jennifer pierce's life despite not having before 
And here's the problem. It would be a good plot twist if there was some evidence that this Jennifer was first off lying and secondly, not as benevolent as she quite actually has been written to be. She goes from, I am just an innocent lost bab to I'm apparently the evil clone in a matter of two episodes. China and the McLean's character version of Jennifer Pierce does come back and does a tumultuous final standoff between her and her now evil counterpart, beats the evil Wait. counterpart's ass, and we Wait, just where move did on. she come from? So China, uh, China's version of Jennifer was still up in the ionic sphere. And uh, I'm hoping I remember this part correctly. Uh, given that the evil gens, imposter gen was also- The actual evil... name is Laura, if it yeah. helps you. Laura's, uh, Laura's version of Jen was a free-floating consciousness. Uh, her own self-admitted backstory. I don't know why you would admit to being an evil clone, even if you were outed. Just be like, oh, no, I'm just as confused as you are and play dumb. But no, she decided to go, well, the ruse is over and I'm evil now. Anyways, Laura, <laughs> Laura's character was explaining that she was a free-floating consciousness and just because you don't have a corporeal body doesn't mean you don't desire things, much like we understand us fleshy more to do. Similarly, China's Jennifer was still in the ionosphere, still a bunch of free-floating electrons, and I believe made contact with her father yet again, then able to reconstitute herself actually in her own body, go off to fight her evil version of herself at the very rushed and albeit not that entertaining season four conclusion of CW's Black Lightning. And that's it. There's uh, uh, That's all I got for you. Is this Dang. so is so unimportant, disconnected, and irrelevant to actually everything else that not only has happened in the show as a whole, but specifically with Jennifer, that I actively forgot about it until I had to think of a bad plot twist. I feel kind of bad that they had to make her evil when I could have just had Kyle. Oh, I what what was the problem there? What was the problem with this at all? She could have learned to have her own identity being a parasite. She could have learned to not books. be a parasite. This is comic books. Clones turned into their own beings happens all the fucking time. But this <laughs> this beautiful black woman can't have her own fucking character. You have to make her evil. The show's ending. Let it end. But a happier note than this like contrived. Oh, I've been evil the whole time. She here's the thing. I mentioned before that she is quite literally he quite literally was written as some like. Innocently, uh, innocently uh, unaware of her own existence and the fact uh, and the idea that you know she's playing a bit. She earnestly seems like she was trying to live as a re uh, body reconstitutionalized Jennifer Pierce, and everybody else literally had individual moments of crises trying to cope with the idea that the former version of Jennifer was gone and make the emotional bond with this, with Laura's version of the character. It made no sense that she's just evil now. She had not a near an evil bone in her body compared to actually China's version of the character who was much more aggressive as just a person. This was before trauma and tragedy, of course. 
as a notable difference between the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this absolutely wild. I would call it trash, but that's what you want. It's the C- no, it, it's it's exactly what you expect. Although it's still, I think the most surprising thing about the CW is that they keep finding ways to disappoint you. Yeah, like said, we are the Flash. There we go. <laughs> no, there is. Uh, we are the Flash. Iris, you speaking French? Speaking Crayon? Who we? I right. see you put on the fucking Nintendo. <laughs> no, man, us, us, like the movie. <laughs> right, Jordan and Bill. Kaiser, why don't you close us off with the final one? So, my bad plot twist actually, to some people, might be a bit of a hot take. Oh, let's go. Have you guys seen the movie Knives <gasps> Out? I have not. I know I... of the movie Knives Out. All right. I don't remember if I've seen it or not because it felt like a fever dream. So. The movie is directed by uh, Ryan Johnson. I cannot remember who plays the main character. The who um the the girl. Yeah. And uh and um uh I will pull up the cast list because and I can't pronounce it. It's and I, I know how to pronounce the name. Yeah, but I'm just in the tongue twister mode right now. Uh, but just to read off to you guys the some of the rest of the cast list uh i'll just go in order that they appear on the thing uh chris evans daniel craig joseph gordon levitt jamie lee curtis tony coletti uh ricky lindholm christopher Plummer, uh katherine langford don johnson frank oz uh a lot of really well-known... Gabriel Iglesias is apparently in it. I don't remember him, but apparently he's in it. Stacked pretty hard. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very, very high-stacked cast. And the whole point of it is is that uh, Christopher Plummer's character is found dead. Oh my god, it's murder. And he's, an, he's a murder mystery author. Um... Oh. And the movie, the description is on, when you pull it up on Google, is actually misleading. Because it, I'll read you the description, I'll tell you where I say it's misleading. Uh, Knives Out is a 2019 American mystery film written and directed by Ryan Johnson, produced by uh, Johnson and Ram Bergman. It follows master detective Benoit Blanc. And that's deemed a guess of the primary of a wealthy, dysfunctional family. Not true. The story does not follow Blanc. It follows uh, Marta. I'm going to assume it's pronounced Marta. Uh, Anna Diarma's character. Daniel Craig is a side character. He's the detective, and he would normally be the person who you follow in this. But no, you're definitely following uh, Marta. And it gets revealed very early on what actually happened. Mm -hmm. What happened is Christopher Plummer's character is very, very old. He has to take medication 
And Martha is his nurse. She sometimes gives him morphine so that he can get high and feel a bit less pain for a while. So she sometimes gives him morphine and she also has medication, both of which are clear liquids in the exact same type of bottle. Well, he gets a lot more of his heart medication than he does morphine. And she accidentally gives him a extremely large fatal dose of morphine. And she realizes it a couple of seconds after she gives him the morphine. And she carries around basically, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what it's called. Basically a counter drug that can counteract morphine just in case something like this happened. But it's, she can't find it. And so basically, uh, Martha's mother is, I believe, in the country illegally. And Christopher Plummer's character knows this. His name is Harlan. Um, and Harlan goes, oh, fuck. If my nurse accidentally kills me, it's not going to be good for her. And so he tells her, just leave. Go out. No, yeah. That's what he does. Uh, he basically explains to her, because he's a murder mystery writer, how she should leave so that it doesn't look like it was her. And she's, like, panicking. And she eventually agrees because he tells her, it's like, hey, do this so that you can protect your mom and shit. And so she starts to leave, but turns around because she forgot something. And as she opens the door to go back into the room, she sees him take a dagger and shove it into his neck. So he kills himself in order to hide the fact that, you know, she accidentally killed him. I'm not going to go through the entire movie, but most of the movie is Daniel Craig's character interviewing the family and them lying to him on several occasions. And there is one scene that's interesting where when they're doing the, uh, I believe it's the very first scene of the movie where they're actually going through and, like, talking with all the family. Uh, Daniel Craig character is not doing the interviews themselves. He's sitting, listening, and he's sitting at a piano, and he just hits a key every time one of them lies. Which, I liked that scene. Um, this was a movie that, relatively, I walked away from, and I was like, it was pretty good. But then I thought about it, and it kind of falls Ooh. apart the second you think about it. Like many things Ooh. Ryan Johnson has made. <laughs> um looking at you last Jedi. Um and where it falls apart is at the ending. So a majority of the movie is her attempting to lead Daniel Craig's character on these like wild goose chases, like, ah, look over here, and then she'll run and try and like fucking hide shit that she did. Like There's a really honestly awful scene where it's just like, ah, yeah, I've got a recording of everybody leaving. And she realizes that even though she was given direct instructions for how she should drive to avoid the cameras, she fucked up and she drove, she basically pulled a U-turn directly in front of the camera, which would have made it very obvious that it was her that did something. It probably would have led to a false murder conviction. Um, <laughs> and so she has to, while police and Daniel Craig are there, at one point, the guy who's in charge was like, oh, yeah, I've got these magnets so I can erase the footage because it's old. It's all on VCS tapes. And then when no one is looking, she just, like, 
fucking slams some magnets into it and erases everything. And they're like, oh, it's ruined. How could this have happened? And they kind of just move on without really thinking about it too much. Um, but that's, that's just an example. And after the first day, we're introduced to a character that hasn't really been a part of much. Ransom, who's played by Chris Evans. So we're watching a murder mystery story where the person who I'm pretty sure may have gotten top billing, Chris Evans, who just starred in Endgame, hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, they kind of made it really obvious that he was the one that did some fucky shit. But when... Most of the time, people are first watching, they're like, well, he didn't do anything because she's the one that killed him. But there's very obviously something else going on here. There's some weird shit. Um, mm-hmm. Lo and behold, one of the family members actually ends up getting... Not one of the family members, sorry. Another member of the help because Arma is... Sorry, Marta is one of what the family would describe as the help. And they're real racist to her. Um. Every- yeah, it. I wouldn't say it's a major part of the movie, but it is a major part of the dialogue in certain scenes, and that is. I would describe it as well done, despite how fucking horrendous it is. Um. But fun fact, uh, Harlan, the very successful mystery author, actually leaves mm-hmm. everything to Marta. Oh. Yeah, like the house, the money, everything. Like his kids get nothing because they're all shits. I think they can contest it. They can. But, you know, good luck. Those suits always go well. <laughs> Usually all the money gets drained through litigation and everybody's left with nothing. Yeah. But... I think they'll never have that because you know how racist they are. Well, no, they really care about her. She's a member of the family. Anyway. Uh, I guess we're not. But but to be fair, she was the one taking care. Yeah. And also, she was the only one that wasn't trying to get something out of him. But that's not the point. Um, I'm going to jump to the end now, because I don't feel like going... Oh, yeah. One of the other help dies. And she says to her last words to Marta is you did this and she dies and oh my god she has the exact same symptoms of someone who's been poisoned by morphine yeah uh spoiler alert she didn't say you did this she said Hugh did this, which is Ransom's first name. I mean, Hugh. But she has an accent, and so it's like, you did this. It's like, no, Hugh did this. Um. But, so, Ransom, I've, the plot twist is, that not only did Ransom do it, and, like, Martha was actually going to confess that she killed him, 
when uh because they had gotten the autopsy report and she was like it's gonna say that he died by morphine and she actually gives it to daniel craig's character and explains it and then she goes and she's starting to confess to the family when daniel craig's character grabs her and pulls her into another room and goes stop no and what actually had happened was chris evans character ransom had removed the labels from the uh, medications and flipped them so that the label for the morphine was on his heart medication and the labeling for his heart medication was on the morphine so that she would give him a lethal dose of morphine. Oh. And then he removed the counter drug from her medical supplies. <clears throat> which oh yeah and also the he shot up the help lady with a whole bunch of morphine which killed her hooray Jesus um, when did he have had to do this uh that there was a weird amount of timing that he had to be able to again it was weird <laughs> There's no other way to put this. He basically goes, Well, I'm caught. And he grabs a knife from this, like, wall decoration of knives and he tries to stab Martha. But it's... Oh, no. It's a stage the dagger. It's a stage dagger. It's fake. Yeah, and so she, like, stabs him and it just kind of just doesn't do anything at all. And, uh, yeah. Hooray. Uh, and then he gets arrested. And Daniel Craig's character explains that she didn't kill fucking Harlan because she is a good nurse and she knew from the viscosity of the fucking liquids that it wasn't the medic, that it was the medication, not morphine. That was the big plot twist, that she didn't kill him. The real plot twist is at the end credit scene when it turns out she did kill him. Now... No. I... That plot twist sucked. Yeah. They... I, I need to go into this. No? Just to recount what happened in the scene. She gives him morphine to get high, but she didn't give him morphine. She gave him his heart medication, so she fucked up the two medications already. She then goes back, doesn't read, grabs one, and shoots him with it. I don't know about you guys. If a doctor ever just was talking to me and they grabbed something off a counter and then got a needle out and like, I'm going to shoot you with this now, I'd be like, did you, did you read it? What? Do you know you're giving me the right thing? There's a lot of chemicals in there. That's a lot of liquid that you want to put directly into my veins. I'm just going to say it, doc. I'm uncomfortable. Please read. Of course. It's always on the left. Oh, because we always trust our medical that's why we don't have COVID right now. Ooh. Now, 
I said it once, I'll say it again. She gave him either, like, he was acting high the entire time. So either there was a whole lot of placebo effect from getting his heart fucking medication, or he got given a double dose of morphine. Sorry, a dose of morphine, and then a dose of his heart medication the way he was supposed to. But she had to have fucked up somewhere. Because either she fucked up and gave him the morphine when she thought it was a heart medication. And then gave him the heart medication when she... Do you see what I'm trying to say? I'm going... Alright, I need to try this one more time. No, I think I understand what you're saying. He... No matter what's really happening, she's still giving him the same amount. Unless it's like he has to take three heart medications, one morphine. That That is how it works. It was a lot more morphine than it was heart medication. Sorry. It was a lot more heart medication than it was morphine. God, you see where this becomes a problem? Yeah. Essentially. Which means he should have been high all the time. Yes. So he was acting high after the first shot. Which means either she gave him morphine and then gave him the heart medication. Giving him the correct medication that was improperly labeled twice. Or he had a placebo effect. And she gave him the heart medication, which was incorrectly labeled as morphine, and then the heart medication again, which was incorrectly labeled as morphine. Which, if that's the case, this bitch fucked up reading twice. But according to Daniel Craig, she is a great nurse. Probably the scariest nurse known to man. I would... If someone had told me this story about a nurse that I had to use, I would quite possibly shit myself. Like, I would like a new nurse, please. But it wasn't her fault. The grandson changed all the libels. Yeah, it was Captain America. He did it. He didn't actually do anything. He didn't even fucking really do anything until he killed the fucking help. He he broke into the house, changed the labels, went home, and showed up late. And also that means that fucking the guy who died just committed suicide. Yes, that also was, um... The thing was like, he... Clearly killed himself. Yeah. But there was some treachery afoot. Oh, I forgot to mention. Do you want to know why <laughs> Blanc was there? Why? Yes, who called Detective LeBlanc? Ransom. <laughs> to get, uh, what's her name? Arrested. Yeah, because he was like, there's something weird about my father's death. Well, he didn't say my father's death. My, also, I think it might be his grandfather. Um, yeah. And his reason for wanting him dead is because he told Ransom that he wrote everyone out of the will and was giving it all to Martha. Why? He was rubbing it in his face. Just like, ha, you fool. Y'all can take nothing from me. None of you are. You're all a bunch of shitlords. I'm giving it to my nurse. She's the only one that really cares about me. You pay her too. And she gives me morphine. <laughs> the morphine lets me mock. 
Anyway, that was Nights Out, everyone. Knife wasn't out. There weren't even any fucking knives. They do also try to do a little fucking cheeky bit of, like, foreshadowing. If there were when no knives he... present, then that means the knives were taken out. They were trying to do a weird bit of foreshadowing where, in the beginning of the movie, there was a scene where, before he kills himself, fucking Harlan has that knife that he kills himself with, and he goes, This is real, there's so many stage knives in this house. Fucking my kids probably wouldn't even know a real knife from a stage knife until they tried to stab someone with it. And then, you know, Ransom, one of his family, tries to stab her with it, and it's just a stage knife, and it's just like, you guys really feel proud of that, don't you? Yeah, they really do. Kaiser, we should get you to watch a movie called... Wait. So I just read it on the wiki page, and it says Morta actually gave him the correct medication, subconsciously realizing the uh, viscosity, but only thought she poisoned him after reading the label. So he was fine. I, I just said that. Yeah, but you know, you gave us like multiple different scenarios. No, he was just fine. I I literally said that. I said he killed himself for no reason. Oh. Then why'd you give us like three other scenarios? I was saying that she fucked up somewhere along the line because she's not a good nurse. She didn't even mess up. He was fine. Alright. No, she did. She incorrectly fucking... Alright. Let me give you any other scenario. Because she shot him with a bottle labeled morphine. That's it. She's a bad nurse. I know that it... The fact that she shot him with the right one might make you be like, No, no, no. Good nurse. She gave him the right medication. She literally, a good nurse would have killed him. Yeah. And in fact, the fact that she didn't kill him makes her a way worse nurse than most nurses. So, moral of that story then, don't worry about being bad at it. You could inadvertently save a person's life doing it. (laughs) <laughs> no, she inadvertently killed him by saying that I shot you with morphine. <laughs> Listen, just that is don't... the most inadvertent killing I've ever seen, actually. Don't admit to your fucking up, but fuck up nonetheless. No. <laughs> there is nothing good nurse about shooting someone with an improperly labeled fucking container. The crazy part is, if she just didn't read it, all of this plan would have went out the window. Ransom would have just been shit out of luck. Yeah. Also, let's talk about the viscosity thing for just a second. The fuck does that even mean? She understood the thickness when you have to, like, stab it in and pull it out. You can tell by the thickness. Like, one's more watery than the other. I don't think morphine and the heart medication would have that much of a viscosity difference. Also, you mean to tell me that he, she would have had to stab the bottle first, then realize the viscosity is different, push it back out, 
then go to the next one. Well, she would have to completely change the needle and everything. Okay. We're back to her being a bad nurse. Because she didn't read beforehand. And just so well, happened yeah, to stab the right one. Well, she... The, the best way I could put it is... What's his name? Changed the bottles. But now, this ain't defending her being a good nurse. But they were probably in the exact same place where she leaves them. Like, he probably didn't swap them around either. I'm pretty so sure he did. He just put it down. I don't remember. All I know is he changed the labels, put them back, and she just walked over and grabbed it where it should be. Like, if I have it on the left side, it's always on the left side. Not saying that makes her a good nurse. Keep talking. I'm going to look up the scene. Yes. But yeah, you know how um, subconsciously you can do things like you know where something is because you do it over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I've actually done that, where uh, I I always sit the dish detergent back in the same spot, but mm -hmm. for some reason, they, somebody swapped it for ketchup, so as I'm going to wash dishes, like, I've got a thousand things on my mind, I go to wash the dishes and realize, why is there red shit on my plate? I didn't have any ketchup, only to look and see, oh, it wasn't dish detergent, I squirted it, it was the fucking ketchup. Where's the dish detergent? <laughs> the dish Is detergent. it in the refrigerator? <laughs> no. Uh, we don't normally leave ketchup on the counter. I don't know why it was left out that day. But that day, it was left out, and I accidentally tried to use it as laundry... Well, not laundry, uh, dish detergent. Alright. Yeah. So... Let's let's take a look at this real quick. Ooh. Sorry, one second. Man. Don't send me. So I'm not gonna play any of the sound. We're just gonna make this real simple. So. All right. He walks in, he grabs the bag, and let me show you guys the book. Look at how big the writing is on these for what the two things are. Okay. Okay. So Okay. I don't want to just let it play because you know clips and copyright. copyright and all that jazz. Sorry. I need to show you guys the liquid coming out. So viscosity going out. There's the second one. I will wait a second for you guys to catch up as you guys are watching it on the stream. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me those two have a very distinct viscosity difference. I can 100% tell you, you can tell minor details. Like, 
I ain't saying I'm the greatest, but no. I know I can tell the difference. Maurice, yes, no. Kaiser. All right, yes, answer me this. Kaiser. How the fuck it did is... he get both of them out and then that's replace them with good... each other? See, that's a good question, because right there, he's cross-contaminating them. Unless he... Actually, she probably has more than one needle. Yeah. But, um, yes, you can tell subtle differences. This is a thing that many people can do. Even I can do it. All I can right. tell subtle differences between even fluids. All right, that's great and all. It doesn't work here. Because she would have, again, had to have stabbed the thing, oh. started to pull, been like, oh, this is the wrong one. Pulled it back out. I'm sorry, put it back, switched needles, and then got in a different one, put it in there, then pulled it out, then gone to shoot him. Well, she just grabbed no, remember, it, she... pulled out, shot him. Yeah, that's what that's what she did, because she knew it was the correct one. How? From the way that she... From the way that you pull, Kaiser, she you stabbed the needle in. You didn't read the label. You pull it out because it feels correctly. You know the difference between the two. Maurice. This is a thing. Maurice. This is an actual pause. thing. Just pause for one second. You're right. out of order. I. How am I out of order? Did she read if the label? the viscosity was wrong, she would have had to have already stabbed into the plunger and started to remove liquid. Yeah. She did not read either of them. Did how is this an excuse? I don't follow I, how the I'm I understand not, that I'm when not, she was pulling it out, I'm I never said it was stop. an excuse. I'm That's, not excusing her for being a bad nurse. I'm just telling you that it's something you can do. I'm just saying you can literally feel the difference between them. That is my argument. It's something you can do. I literally said she's a bad nurse. I have agreed with you on that point. She did not read the labels. Okay. I am agreeing with you there. I'm... I still have to ask this part. I understand that when she made the wrong decision, grabbed the wrong bottle, despite the very large labeling on it, and started to pull out, she could have, subconsciously, despite the fact it's like one in the morning, by the way, when this all happens, started to pull it out and be like, yeah, this is the right consistency, despite the fact she was having a conversation not paying attention at all, which is one of the reasons why she shot him up with the wrong bottle. Not with the wrong liquid, but the wrong bottle. But again, she, like, could have, yes, is that what happened in the scene? Not really. She grabbed it, pulled out the wrong fucking thing, shot him with it, and went, this is fine. Oh, that says morphine. Yeah. Uh, okay, what are you trying to argue? What do you mean? What what is your point? I don't think she I'm had any fucking idea about the viscosity. I don't see how not. She pulled it out and she literally knew the viscosity of the um of the correct of the heart medication. But the only time she got confused is when she actually read the label that said morphine. She understands the viscosity. She can tell that it's the heart medication over the morphine from the pull. Now, the only real question is, did he put them back in the exact same spot? Because they she were has them the pulled bag. out and sitting on a table. So when she pulled them Where out, did he get them from her bag. She pulled them out of her bag. Sorry, he pulled them out okay. of her bag. He replaced yeah. them. 
put them back in the bag, yeah. put the bag back where it was. She then pulls both of them out. Actually, she pulls out his heart medication, if I remember correctly, and he goes, what about the morphine? And she goes, oh, fine, and she pulls out the morphine, which... See, that, was... that is the part where it can get really confusing, because if she pulled them out, she would have to read them to set them down, since he most likely mixed them up, putting them back. Yeah. See, at that part, I could say there's a big old issue here. But if they were just sitting on the table and he never moved them, after, like, changing them, he put them back in place so nothing looked out of place, it could have made perfect sense that she just grabbed it already knowing which one is which one. So, so if she had to take them both out of her bag, then that puts her more in the wrong, because at that point, now she's just gambling if this is the correct one or not. Yeah, so I've switched it up on the, the stream. This is how the two bottles are on the table. <laughs> With their identical fucking labeling. And she pulled them right out of her bag and just set them down? Uh, this clip started two seconds ago. It doesn't show it. They're on the table at the very start of the scene. Here. Yeah. I will try to find one that starts earlier. Well, no, because she pulled them out of her bag, right? Yes. And he just he swapped the liquid out of each of them into the other one. Yes, but, but still he did that before they got in there. He switched them long before she yeah. gets the shot. Which means she was... The best way I can put it, she was already making a mistake then because she was about to shoot him with morphine. But she blindly shot him with morphine instead of the heart medicine first. Or second. Which one did she give him first? Uh, the morphine according to the movie. Like, okay, which one was she supposed to give him first? The heart medicine? No, the morphine. And then she gives him the heart okay. medicine later. Okay, so she shot him with... See, the, now this is... <laughs> See, God, now this she is... is... This, this is adding on to the more things, like, allowing your point to stand that this doesn't make sense because she would have felt the viscosity of the, the other is, one first. That... Yeah. Also, look at this. She oh. is staring at the bottle. It's upside down. I can't read that. She, but yeah. Like, if she had to take both of these out of her bag, set them down, and the first thing that she gives them is the heart medicine, which is actually morphine. That means she should have felt morphine coming out that heart medicine. And then when oh. she gives him heart medicine... Alright, I have something should... slightly wrong. Okay. She doesn't give him a second shot. She gives him one shot that she... Wait, what? I'm sorry, I'm thinking. Did I get this mixed up? Did she intend to give him his heart medication, but thought she gave him morphine instead? What? So here's the thing. Um, so she's looking at the bottle that I thought this was the time she gave him another shot and then went, oh no. But she then like the camera shows that she looks and she sees that it's this 
which says the heart medication. Yes, which means that's morphine. Yes. So earlier she had pulled out the... So she was going to give him morphine so that he could relax, but I thought she already gave him morphine. This I... is the morphine. This is the morphine. Which, this plot twist is stupid. She didn't read the fucking means... labels. Well, we were talking and... about it. She was... The, the point is, this plot twist is stupid. It's very obvious that Chris Evans did something. He's a fucking main actor, and you just lied at the beginning and fucking had a non-fucking poison man kill himself. And then we're supposed to be happy that someone didn't read the labels on fucking medication and made a man think he was going to die. This was assisted suicide. Which... Frankly, he was... No, no, that means she was going to give him everything correctly. But, yeah, it was completely assisted suicide. And I just... It's, it's a very overcomplicated plan for no reason. Like, why did you swap them when you could have just made them both morphine? Are you going to swap the labels back? Or swap the medicines back? Yeah, give me... Give me a moment. It's like how I feel about Mysterio's plan. What's the what's the end goal here, buddy? You didn't you didn't think all this you didn't think this all the way through, did you? Also, once again, those bottles have as well been cross-contaminated because it's not like you cleaned them out. You removed all the morphine from one, but it doesn't get rid of the residue that's within inside of it. Well, it looks like we have a great example of what happens and a plot twist is so um elaborate so poorly executed that it can derail entire movie the entire plot threads for the, yeah. the, the narrative in question all right so they're playing a game i don't remember what the the game is called and he uh, I'll put it up on screen. I gotta bounce around a little bit. He ends up flipping the table when he loses, like an angry old man. And she... I will pull it back a little bit. Is that backgammon? It's not backgammon. But she... I didn't get a chance to see. He knocks them down off the table... And she grabs them, puts them on top, and then she immediately goes into the whole, you know, uh, taping up his arm, inserting the IV, and then giving him the medication. Which she immediately goes, I'll give him the heart medication and then the morphine. So she pulls out the correct dosage of... Uh, heart medication from the heart medication 
But again, it's fucking. She just grabs a bottle and a needle, and they don't show her actually pull it out. In fact, it's basically at the point of her pulling the needle now. But she just gives it to him. And it's... It just doesn't work. She's a terrible nurse, and she was bound to kill him sooner or later. But in the end, she didn't, because he did it himself. This movie lasted about a car ride, is what I, how I would describe it. Oh, lasted about a car ride. I was like, yeah, the movie's pretty good. And then by the time I got home, I was like, that movie wasn't good. <laughs> I think Chris Evans does a good job with his acting. The lady who does uh, Marta, who now I've got a... Uh, Ana de Armas. I think she does a great job. Um, the supporting cast all did a great job. Daniel Craig is Daniel Craig, and he's doing a honestly a terrible Southern accent the entire time. Um, but a a lot of the individual pieces work. It's just it doesn't work together. But yeah, that's the plot twist. Oh, anybody have any? I like to see one of the common threads that I'm among some of our plot twists is this idea that the twist itself is a combination of uninteresting or unwarranted in uh, my particular case. Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer. The entire idea behind the execution of a certain really, really smart plan that a character had, like, uh, technically, two of our characters in Naruto enacted, since I, I, I attribute all of the alien obvious stuff to Black Zetsu and Obito to Madara. Uh, it seems like in those examples, there's a, a heavy emphasis on making twist itself is not only interesting, but really, really well. Oh, they're playing Go. What? I'm looking at the scene. They're playing Go. Ah. Thank you for looking at it, because I can't watch it with sound and on stream. Well, I could, but it's involved. Um, yeah. It, I think that one of the main issues with plot twists is that sometimes people are trying to outsmart you with them, but they also have to leave you hints for what it's going to be. So if you know the hints to look out for, you're just like, oh, it's this. You're like, no. And if mm -hmm. they try to do the, oh, fuck, they figured it out. Oh, no, we got to do something else. It then takes all of that setup that they did and it ruins it. By making it, you know, something that hasn't been set up, something that doesn't make much sense. And it it just hinders itself for it. It shoots itself in the foot. Well, an example that we haven't actually brought up until it brought up for the not surprisingly. 
none of us did. Would the ending of season eight, specifically of Crown's fail subversion and plot twist? Or so, a plot twist of the subversion, bro. No, it's not a, it's not plot, really a twist. plot twist. It is yeah. very much a it. Game of Thrones season eight and the Last Jedi are the definition of an attempt of the subversion of expectations that made that term almost a black mark for a while. Because it was just trying to be subversive for the purpose of being subver subversive. It didn't want you to be able to guess what they were going to do next. And anything that was predicted, they went, well, we're not going to do that. I mean, fucking look at... Look at just a basic example for Last Jedi. Look at Rey. Everyone's fucking theorizing what her family lineage is, because I guess that's important for Star Wars. And Ryan Johnson goes like, you're a fucking nobody, you nobody. Way to be a nobody, nobody. Subverted my expectations, because Finn didn't do shit. Got fucking thrown to the side. And Finn and Poe didn't kiss. And Finn and Poe didn't kiss. A very, a very Niggas. personal failed plotline for myself and for Oscar Isaac's perspective. And then with Game of Thrones, it's just... Again, it was literally like they went to Reddit, found every thread of people talking about where the characters seemed like they were going, and went, fuck these ideas. We gotta do something that's not any of these. And so all the theories about, you know, Danny, for example, maintaining her distance from the Man King and being a person of the people, which was the entirety of her character development as she was going through fucking the southern areas outside of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, oh, fuck it. Light the entire burn. city on fire. Burn it. Kill Cersei. But guys, they fucking... Killed two of her dragons. Of course she was mad. Wouldn't you if you had pet dragons and they died gone on a fucking kid? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Literally ruined all of her development to go, man, I got mad. That yeah, fucking... She, she definitely blind gave him the first drug. Yeah. After just picking them both off the floor and then read the second one. Yeah. And she gave him two doses of yeah. the first one. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> two doses oh. from a bottle labeled morphine. I went, this is fine. <laughs> and the, the funny part is, in the scene, she peeks at it like three times. A terrible mm. nurse. I don't look, I ain't going to deny it. But she felt the dust. Oh, shut up. And I was like, <laughs> that's, and I'm that's, just sitting there like, but honey, you still blind shot it. I hate that as a reason. Like, oh yeah, you felt the viscosity difference. It's like, oh no, no, I ain't giving it as a good reason. She blind shot it. Just that pull out. Yeah, it feels right. Like, uh, if yeah, it, kind of, like, like, what if it was the morphine? That pull out. Oh, that ain't right. Gotta get a whole nother needle now. <laughs> That's the other point I was making. It's like, what if she did? Like, I want to see the version of the scene where she stabs and pulls. Wait a minute. That doesn't work. If she knew from the viscosity, why the fuck did she freak out? Oh, because she actually read the label and it was like, maybe I was wrong. 
but she knew from the viscosity that she was right. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's over your mind versus what the fuck the bottle actually says. She didn't fucking know shit. Yeah. Look, that's why I said subconsciously. This is fucking Daniel Craig telling her, you knew exactly what you were doing. And she's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, totally. Knew to exactly jail, right? what I was doing. Fucking queen over here. I'm not going to jail, right? I still get the inheritance, right? Yeah, like, look, you say whatever you goddamn want, as long as it puts me in a good light. Listen, they had to do it. That way the final scene could be her on the porch <laughs> sipping tea out of the I'm the boss fucking mug. And I will give it to the actress. She looks so heartbroken. Oh, yeah, she did an amazing job. Like, honestly, all of the actors, minus the fucking person who said Hugh did this. <laughs> Did a great job. You did this. You did this. Like, <laughs> what did I do? You <laughs> did this. <laughs> anyway, um, wait. Let me see who said that because I'm so curious to just look is. up knives out. You did this. I... Is this it? Is this a good one? I don't know. I can't see what you're looking at. I've been talking to myself. Don't don't get into my own conversation. Talk to yourself quieter. No. Where were we? Is there any other I was, I was in the have... middle of a thought, and Maurice interrupted me to tell me I was right, which I'm not mad about. No. In fact, do that more often. It makes me feel better about myself. Nah. Oh. Please? Did There's you... that. What was I talking Oh, I was oh, talking right. about... What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you know how you're supposed to, you know, inject someone with anything? This, this motherfucker just stabbed her in the neck and fucking... You, you killed her! I mean, yeah, like, she... you you did it like in such a wrong fashion. She shouldn't even have time to say you did this. She should be dead. You stabbed her in the fucking neck with a needle Bleeding. and just injected. Bleeding out of her fucking jugular. Like Jesus Christ, you gotta be soft with toes and delicate. They are very sharp. Nah, fucking raw dog that shit. <laughs> and frankly, you probably bent the needle to high hell that you ain't inject shit. Fucking raw dog that shit. Jesus Christ. Like, as a person who just recently had both his arms stabbed to high hell, I can tell you, he he killed that lady. Just, like, just straight out just murdered her. Not I injected her, set her in the chair, and she had time to talk. No, you ended her life. Nah, you did this. Yes, he did. Also, once again, his plan could have completely failed because what if she just spoke a different language to another person who would understand her? Well, it's just you, your plan has so many plot holes in it. it. There's no way you got this lucky. There's so many layers to this shit that it's fucking shit sandwich. Yeah, you're just like it. Like I hate when the plan is just 
I hope this works. You... Like all everything has to come together and everyone has to play their part perfectly, even though they're all unknowing and unwilling. Like she just happened to look at like what if she just happened to like pull out the uh liquid, look at the bottle and say, This ain't right. And then just say, I think something happened to your medicine. These aren't the right medicines. Then he dies of heart failure. Oh, shit. Yeah, he does need it right now. Because he did burn the rest of them. I don't know if that's actually true. No, because it's crazy. Because at the start, apparently he set a fire and destroyed a bunch of them. No, no, no. He sets a fire. Uh, He sets fire to the... Morgue? To the morgue where the autopsy report is. But fucking what's her bucket has suspicions that something weird is afoot so she goes and gets a fucking copy of the <laughs> of the autopsy and she hides it in the manor which is why Martha thinks that she's saying you did this cause she thinks that it says hey Marta fucked up and gave him too much morphine and so she goes to turn herself in, thinking that. And she's like, wait, no, not that. No. As I said, the, the plot twist sucks. There's a lot of things. Also, there's a big part of the movie where she can't lie. And if she does lie, she vomits. Yeah. But she, she lies a lot. Like, mm. a lot, a lot. Chronic liar. Yeah. So she throws up on a blur. Anyway. Knives out. Did I have any final remarks? I think... Oh, no, I was. that was the other thing. This fucking subversion was like, ah, yes, Jamie. The one who realizes... Sorry, not realizes. Realized that his whole thing with his sister, that was fucked up. A lot of people killed. His son is... I believe both his sons and daughter are dead. Really horrible. Shouldn't oh shouldn't be dealing with that toxic shit. Damn a damn a double homicide. But you know Two what? Poison, one suicide. But you know what? I'm gonna go back to Cersei. That was his decision. It was a poor one, and he died for it. Yeah, that was yeah. his choice. He's a he's an adult. Yeah, so that's a subversion, not a plot twist. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, the internet and a lot of lists on the internet uh, does not see the difference. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Uh, it requires about six seconds of thought, and the internet only has three. Man, that's not even a whole turn. Yeah. But. That's all I've got. You guys got any final remarks for today? Uh, plot twists are very delicate. Takes a lot of work, and I just say, unless the entire story is about the plot twist, just avoid it. I don't think you entirely need to avoid it, but if you're going to not make it a mainstay, make sure it's not something that has extreme ramifications on the plot. Maybe just a couple of scenes get a little fucky and some things you can go back and look into and be like oh that's what that was the entire thing does not have to fall under that category 
It's like uh, Danganronpa's plot twist. Oh, I guess. I mean, no real clues. Would have just not done that. Yeah. Yeah, I can make us. Shadow Monarch. Ear piercing screams from the void. Hello, void. I think we put him to sleep. Yeah. Plot twist. Put people to sleep. Plot twist. Roz fell asleep. Or the actual plot twist. He's awake. <clears throat> A plot twist to follow the plot twist. We've never existed. We've all just been Roz's imaginary friends. Also, please try to avoid the mean plot twist. It was all a dream. Or they were sleeping. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just that one. Just that, that one. one that one's fun to make fun of. <laughs> yeah. That one doesn't. I have fun making fun of that one anymore. It hurts me. The only the only time you can really do the it was all a dream is when they wake up a second time, and that part was the dream. You know, you, you just want to fucking kill time or just fuck people. Other than that, just don't do it. Just uh, don't. I'm not telling you that you can't. I'm just advising you that you don't. But yeah, I have any final words? Go write something. I'd like to. I'd like to see what plot twist have in mind. I'd like to see if my own plot. We'll see. For now, go make something. Bye, my stream.